0: Hi, I'm Sarah Richard, I'm an illustrator, Uh work with IDW, do a lot of My Little Pony
1: Comics covers and stuff. Um, You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I did not detect the slightest footfall during that week, David. Did you? What's, what's up? Is, is this two weeks from now, Jason? <laughs> what's going on here? Crazy.
0: excited.
1: Oh, there he is. I want
0: it.
1: It, you could have always used the fact that we had to grab two people.
0: I was very uh, pleased that my Jason in arms, Jason Tomio, made that point on Twitter.
1: It's true. But I, in our defense, I decided hey, Jason's not here. Let's elevate the smarts this way.
2: I I, I appreciate Tomio for, you know, mentioning my little comment about us needing two people to to fill.
1: What's what's the crap Jay said? Um, He made a tweet like he doesn't have any friends. That's bullshit. I'm your friend, Jay Tomio.
2: Oh, he said that really? Yeah, he's like,
1: I "I don't have any friends.
0: He's he's trying to be all thug. He's like a world traveler recluse, sort of. He's got a heart.
1: He's not shitting me.
0: You know? I mean, I've talked to him a lot over the years and I've never met him, so.
1: Right. I yeah. think he's awesome. And it's, and, and he's- I think
0: he's uh, actually a high, like a, I think he's actually like a supercomputer with sentience.
1: I thought you were gonna say that's a highly functional artist. Right? <laughs> 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 no. We have yeah. plenty
0: of those that are listeners, but it's not one oh, of
1: them. Show. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I am so glad to be here. What a week. Professor. Stop. How's the
0: team it, going? It,
1: Professor B good um it's a new world these
0: millennials right
1: exactly and i'm a little bit mystified how someone who is devoting their entire life to art can't be hungry for it like i just don't get it or ex- at least excited for it they sit there and it's just like is there anybody in there
3: mm.
1: hello like hello hello and, and you know it's me so i'm not just I, i'm not the visine guy
0: you've been like how you've been vibing with the kids like they've been like
1: no i think they're great and we get along well it's just that it takes it takes uh, i don't know what it takes to get them enthused because i haven't managed to do it drop yet. the hammer on the grades then make sure they know uh, that's a way to do it but i am I just don't want to um, turn them to the dark side mm-hmm. like fuck him mm-hmm. you know uh, research is a dirty word with these kids Hmm. I draw. Why should I research? I draw. Well, that's the reason why your drawing looks like that, because you're not researching. Damn.
0: It's well, they also know they can always go work for
1: IDW. So I said, I said to them, I said, would you rather sit at a drawing table for two hours or work 10 hours asking people if they wanted fries with their order? Because they're basically going to be the same thing. You know, work two hours, get couple hundred bucks or work all day at burger king for less what do you want to do do you want to do art or do you want to fuck around it's true i love them but i just want to shake every single one of them
0: Mm -hmm.
1: research look what fabric does in the real world that's not (laughs) what you have on that (laughs) sorry hey everybody and the bitch fest is over it's 11 o'clock comics episode 437 and i this guy over here two thumbs I'm Vince B.
2: You are Vince B. I'm so glad you're here. I am David A. Price. Yes, you are. And because
0: you are not the fool, I will not kill you, but I am fool killer killer of fools.
1: <laughs> wow. The lead Whoa. up was awesome. I was
0: inspired. Quite, you're not the quite fool inspired. killer.
1: I would, that's one word I would never, ever associate with you. Fool you are. You. Not, you are never the fool. Nice. Too smart.
0: So uh our boys that were on the show, at least one of them, is uh getting back in the podcasting game.
1: I know. <laughs> Could you be?
0: I anyway?
2: know, right? I can't, I can't wait for the first episode of Vince's Booze and Bean and Ben. It's
0: true.
1: And
2: I told them, I said, thanks a lot because
1: now you've reduced our go-to pool to <laughs> one. Uh,
2: and,
1: of course, we are talking about our very, very good friends, our brothers. They're family. Traveling posse. Will Pfeiffer, Zach Crucy, and Ben Teed are doing a podcast. Yes. And it's called Pictures Within Pictures. And you best subscribe to it because you know they're going to bring the awesome. They're claiming like that- No they're apologies they're going
0: to do, is like our crazy uncle. This is like our, like our, our hipster, Artistical. our hipster nerded out nephew.
1: Now, you know it's going to be well-spoken, well-researched, well-presented. It's going to be all that because these guys don't mess around. You've heard them here many times. Has Ben ever been on? I think he has. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been on with Ben and Zach, and, and, you know, Will's a frequent guest of this show. So you're already familiar with this show. You should just go to iTunes. I don't even know if it's time, but keep it in the back of your minds. Pictures within pictures, subscribe to this damn thing. It's going to be a good time. And it, it it kind of burns because I was the one I'm always the one who pushes for Zach to be on the show with us. And he told me he said, you know, I had so much damn fun on that episode. I said to Will, hey, let's do a podcast. I'm like, I knew I shouldn't ask. <laughs> I knew it because they're a threat. They could be a threat to us. Let's slow a roll. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, there is oh, Ben apparently. I mean, <laughs> love <to> be drinking.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You man. saw what I put on Facebook. I said I, know. I look forward to being <laughs> 25% of your listenership.
1: You know it's not true because. No, I awesome. know it's not
0: true. There, I wouldn't have said it if it were true. i will be, <laughs> be no more than five. I'll be no more than five percent of their audience.
1: And you know what? Speaking of percent, a lot less, a lot more than five percent of your monthly comic bill can be saved mm. if you go. If you go where? Discount Comic Book Service. Exactly. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com where you can get all the books, all of them, for a fraction of their cover price. The new list of specials is up and I am giddy because it is awesome this month. From Image, we have AD After Death Book 1 from Scott Snyder and Jeff Lemire. So giddy. This thing get I was stunned. The first issue's is like 72 pages. Yes. It's huge. 5.99 cover price. Your price because you are smart enough to go to dcbservice.com $2.99. Where are you going to get a 72-page comic for $2.99? Currently published comic. No, that is. You can always buy a back issue, but nowhere. It's not going to happen. From Dark Horse it's department H hardcover volume one pressure by Mr. Matt Kent and his wife Charlene. Uh, Dark Horse is the publisher. This is a very affordable hardcover. If you bought it straight off the shelf somewhere else, you would pay nineteen ninety nine for it. That's not bad for a six issue hardcover. But DCBS price nine dollars and ninety nine cents. This has to be on your order as does the comic that's bringing up the rear from Valiant. It is written by B. Claymore, art by Clayton Henry, Louis LaRosa. I guess this is Valiant's, the the second incarnation of Valiant, I guess is their attempt to bring Turok into the Valiant universe because this is called Savage. Fifteen years ago, the world's most famous soccer star and his former supermodel wife, pregnant with their unborn child, disappeared without a trace. So it's kind of Kesar, too. The world believes they are dead. But in reality, their private jet crash landed on a mysterious unknown island ruled by prehistoric creatures from another time. They call them Savage. I'm always going to call it Turok. Let's be honest. Um, Cover price is $3.99. Looks great. Your price. Take a guess. Oh, my God. A That's what dollars You can't go wrong. DCBService.com. Just go there. Get them delivered right to your door. It's just insane to shop anywhere else. Love it. Choke, choking on my own saliva. Love it.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. Most improved- You know what I'm washing it down with?
0: I was just going to ask you that.
1: Yeah. I didn't feel like the hops this week. Oh, okay. And all the wine we have is... Not red. Oof. So you don't so have any wine then? I don't. I'm drinking Diet Right Pure Zero. Oh, uh, can we hang up? No, this shit's great, especially when it's ice ice cold. It's fantastic. It's better than Diet Pepsi when it's ice cold. Let it get room temperature mm. and all bets are off. Mm. So So what are you drinking, Mr. Fancy Pants? Uh David, he's talking to you, Fancy Pants. <laughs> Actually, you have to
2: be wearing pants to be called fancy pants. Wow,
0: nicely done,
2: sir. Wow.
0: Inflagrante, Felix. I'm trying a new, a new grape. Uh, it is the Doña Paula Estate, black edition, red wine, Lujan de Coijo from Argentina.
1: Wow. Now I know how Gomez Adams felt. (laughs) What does that mean? Well, he used to get all randy when Morticia spoke French.
0: Oh, see, see, that shows before her. my time. I didn't watch it, but that's cool. Damn. You should. Awesome.
1: <laughs> it was a show before it was the movies. Yeah, and there's no color in it too, so he'll yeah,
0: hate it. Oh, was. that's the worst. Yeah. It's almost as bad as The Honeymooners.
2: <laughs> now we're hanging out. <laughs> I know you're just kidding. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Dave. I am, uh, I'm enjoying something I've been waiting all week to um to try or to actually to talk about um at a glass the other night when I cracked it open. But this is Apothic Inferno. Ooh. Small batch, limited release. It is a red blend, but the kicker is it is aged in whiskey barrels. Wow. How does that work? Uh well the the Vineyard receives barrels that uh That they age whiskey in, and put the wine in that, and let it. it Well, no, I know. I know. I got that part. But what I mean is, how? How does? What's the outcome? It's. it It is. It's not your typical red blend that might be a little sweet, a little smooth, very easy to just chug down. It's um, it's got a slight peppery kick to it. Uh, just like you really can't. Chug a whiskey and, and just gulp that down, uh, aside from a shot. You really can't do that with this. This is not, um, it kind of almost forces you to take it slow and, and, and take nice, nice size sips. But it is, it's, I definitely taste or feel the, uh, the, the sting from, from the barrels, from the whiskey barrels, but it is, uh, but there is, it's it's definitely wine but it's not a uh it's not so smooth. There's there's a little bit of a bite to it and, and I am really really enjoying it and it is limited so I'm going to have to run out and get a few more bottles to just sit on them.
1: Well, <laughs> well you can drink them too if you want to
2: I probably will. But once yeah, they start just don't really sit comfortable, on them. You, How would you sit on them? Like you have to get would a bunch of like, just but... like a bed of nails. You just it, you got to have enough so you can disperse your uh your weight. Well enough so that nothing's uncomfortable.
1: Or you could invent new ways to take the cork out. Ooh. Yeah. Hey, we have a thank you. Have a couple, but go ahead. Okay, I have one, and it is awesome.
2: It is awesome. It is extremely awesome.
1: From John Boren, our buddy, we got his new mini-comic. Emphasis on the mini. Yes, called Interactions. Love this cover. I read this well it's it's I read it it's I, wait you do read it come on you do read it you experience it it's like a story it's verse. it's it's a wordless comic for anyone um who has read there was an anthology published by Fanagraphics a while back called Abstract Comics it was edited by uh Andre Moleteu. this interactions would have been perfect for this anthology I th- I think it's magnificent I I looked at the cover and I'm like, there is a strong Keith Haring vibe going on here. And that's a good thing. And it's, if I'm not mistaken, it's a screen printed cover. I love it. Yep.
2: Absolutely love the cover.
1: Black and white, hands, hand, uh, bound. It's, it's hand cut. It's amazing. Yeah. And the mine came with a sketch. I don't know if yours did. Well, what'd you get a sketch of? Take a guess. Man thing. Close. Doomsday. Doomsday. <laughs> <It's a> long... <laughs> I love Doomsday. Really? Do I, do we even have to say that anymore? No, just... we don't Doomsday. have to say that
2: anymore. No. What'd you get? She... I, I didn't get anything. No, David, oh. did you just have a,
1: yes. have a sketch?
2: In it? Mine had a uh, pretty kick-ass sketch of, uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and, uh, and it was you... a very nice, uh, handwritten note by John in the back.
1: Yeah, you love Hal. <laughs> oh, <you can> take- <laughs> I'm Captain Obvious <sighs> tonight. Yeah, But no. This comic is great. It's it's all um it is it takes every advantage of the sequential um art form. And there's lots and lots and lots of little eensy teensy lines in it. Mm.
2: Yeah. It's great stuff. Nice. It's like the anti spawn. Yeah. Ooh. Uh <laughs> I also want to give a huge thanks to Mr. John O'Brien uh, who hopefully we will see next year when we make it back to Heroes uh, for the fourth volume of Public Education, which is oh, nice. his, uh, his creator owned strip uh, that you can find on um, strips4.com and um, It is, uh, along with a bunch of other strips, uh, BDR, Mars, awful lot, a bunch of comics on uh, strips4.com. But, uh, John is a teacher and this is a, these are three panel strips of, uh, a teacher and his kids in class asking silly questions and, and just living life. And everyone has a, every strip has a teaching tip. Uh, this is, it's, it's always fun to read. I'm so glad that, uh, John thought of me to send me this, uh, this fourth volume signed and numbered. And, uh, if, if you haven't been by the strips4.com website lately, um, head on back over there. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, King Bone and Friends kind of night.
1: Uh, yeah. And I didn't follow up on the John Boren book because He doesn't have anything in here about where to get it. Grids, Lines, and Circles by John D. Boren. Limited edition, and it's numbered. Um, And on the inside back, it says, Special thanks to my family, Kingbone Press, and the 11 O'Clock Comics community. So I'm guessing that you can get this at Kingbone Press or just Google Interactions and John Boren, you'll probably find a way to get it.
2: B-O-R-E-N.
1: Yes, that's what David said. And anybody has a copy of Abstract Comics from Fantagraphics, I can't find mine. I'll buy it from you.
0: There you go. There's an offer right there.
1: Yeah, the well, not for what they're asking on Amazon used, but I'll buy it. Amazon used, it's over a hundred bucks. Mm, good times. Yeah, yeah, no thanks. Maybe we can search for it at New York Comic Con. <sighs> well, maybe we could. You can search for it for me if, if you
2: want.
0: Why you're not planning on going?
2: <laughs> Jesus, play along, will you? <sighs> Cuz that's just not funny, bro.
0: It's really hmm. not. It's a month away, and guys. You know
1: I know. But but you know what's closer than a month away? Tonight. Tonight and tomorrow. Tell us tomorrow. It's your birthday. It's David's birthday tomorrow, which we'll probably be able to tell him tonight, but I said to him, isn't it? It's kind of sucky. <laughs> That Star Trek couldn't wait another day to have their 50th anniversary on David's birthday. That would have been the most awesome birthday ever. It's true. He would have had us, Star Trek, his wife, and a birthday in one Big day.
0: Big doings. That's
1: right.
2: I'd have to. You taking off on the birthday? Can't. Mm. Blackout. First two weeks of every oh, that's semester. Yes. So, which is why we really can never go to Baltimore. It's true. Man. So
1: what do we got? Well, I, you
0: know, Vince, of all of us,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you are the one that I think is most unapologetic about certain comics that you read for pure enjoyment. Yep. Whether it be Vampy or um, Gold Digger.
1: Zombie Tramp. Zombie Tramp. Tarot. Bam. Yes. All of it. Yep.
0: And uh, I, I love that about you. I love your unabashed appreciation for things that just make you smile. So in the spirit of that, I read something this week that I could see a good many of our listeners either being a completely disinterested in or b disliking. Yet I had an absolute ball with it.
1: Oh, it's good to hear, but I'm wondering what it is. It's funny. You should ask.
0: Yeah. It's by Marvel, small little studio trying to get some things done. (laughs) It is. The trade collected edition of Deadpool and the Mercs for Money.
2: Damn! But that's in your will. Wait, also. is that that's not the Duggan book, right? It is indeed. Oh, so, all right. So it's the, because I saw in the um, in the previews, I thought there was. I, I thought Cullen was also writing a book with that title, with that specific title.
0: That is the second component of this. Oh, okay, this is the uh, this, there's a, this is, this collects, uh, Deadpool and Merc for Money 1 through 5 and Deadpool Massacre. Um, and then the new book, which is interesting because in the solicits for previews last month, the, the book now, the, the team has a new leader, and you know who the new leader is? Full killer? Cable. Domino. Oh boy. I mean, is it's, it's like book they're not, writing, this they're story. Writing the book. Seriously. Yeah. So in this volume, um there's so much to love here. First of all, it uh it's this is written by Cullen. Uh, the, the main the main series is written by Cullen with uh, Salva Espen on art. And we're just kind of thrust right into the action, um, which is Deadpool and his crew were on a mission to retrieve something they've been hired to retrieve. And it is a motley crew if there ever was one. So you've, you've got Deadpool, needless to say. You've got Stingray, which is interesting because, you know, Stingray for most of the time we've seen him, uh, he's a good guy. You know, straight up good guy. Research scientist slash reserve avenger. Then you've got terror.
1: You guys remember terror? Yep. I do not. Really? No. Really? Terror oh, from all- the spikes sticking out of his face
2: and everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: From what series? Terror Inc. Yes, that was
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> oh so
1: Go ahead. Okay,
0: you've got Terror. You've got uh the Fool Killer, hence my intro. You've got Slapstick, the human cartoon. You've got Solo, who by the way has a solo uh series coming out uh next month, I think it starts. And then you've got Massacre, which is uh Massacre in Spanish, and that's the uh Spanish Deadpool, uh, disciple. And, uh, and then, and that, that's the crew. So they, they're trying to retrieve a, a crate. And they're, they're told not to open the crate. So they, they, they're successful in their mission. And, uh, and then they have to deliver the crate. But this book is like a who's who. Cullen Bunn took out the Ohatmu and just found the most esoteric characters. That were meant to make us long time Marvelhead smile. Uh, Bun is just great as usual with the dialogue. Like there's just laugh out loud moments. Um there's, they're debating whether or not to open the crate after they get it, you know? Cause it's, you know, it's like the Pandora's box thing. And, uh, you know you're in trouble when Deadpool's the voice of reason. And he's telling him, seriously. Not and so yeah. then Solo's like, well, we can't open it. For all we know, it could be some kind of, uh, zombie virus. We could all end up looking like, you know, and he's like pointing at terror. Cause the guy's all like, you know, <laughs> anyway. so then Tara goes, yeah, or it could be a douchebag virus. And we go all end up looking like you, I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's going around.
3: Uh, they, uh,
0: they, they, they buy a Quinjet off of Craigslist, which is hysterical, <laughs> to get to the place. So they arrive to drop off the, the crate and, uh, the people that were there to pick it up are all dead. And, uh, they're like, oh, that's not the way to. And guess who shows up? Guess who are the perpetrators of said massacre?
1: Um, Brothers Grimm. It's
0: not a bad guess. God. The crazy gang. Jesus. Which we haven't seen, at least as I recall, since Excalibur. Remember? It's been a
1: long time, yeah.
0: Right? The crazy gang, dude. I still remember, remember Alan Davis, that nice, um, oh, yeah. Baxter, uh, uh, bound, uh, the, the, what was the, it was the, I can't think of the name of it, the, the big one shot that was the start of the Excalibur series. The, cross the sword paper or? No.
1: Wasn't it the sword is drawn? Maybe
0: that's it, yeah. But, uh, so, so there you got Tweedledee, Tweedledum, you've got the Red
1: Queen,
0: you've got the Executioner, uh, the Jester, uh, the Knave, so they battle those guys. Love it. Of course, get the upper hand there. Um, but since they didn't have anyone to deliver the package to, they bring the package back to their hideout and decide to open it. And it is, um, a recorder. Remember those green and yellow, um, cyborg robots that had, were part of the Kree Empire and they were kind of yes. watchers. So it's a recorder, but it's, it's disassembled and it keeps speaking in, in like random statements of fact from, from parts of the future. Like, oh, like September 4, 2077, Galactus Invade, you know, it's like and it's just spouting off these different facts. So they realize that there's a lot of value to this, and they kind of go on the Internet and say, hey, we've got this thing ready for sale, and they basically open it up to the market. So, of course, because they're idiots, and by telling the whole world they have this thing, all of the world's crime lords realize the value of having this thing that has seen the future and decide to come after it themselves. So these guys are basically put in the position of having to – uh, defend themselves against all manner of threats. You've got uh, Crossfire. Remember the dude that's uh, got like the horrible, he's like a bad Deadshot clone. He's got mm-hmm. the red costume with like the Deadshot, like targeting thing over his eye, but he's, it's a terrible costume. Looks like the Swiss flag. Um, you got Puma. <laughs> you got Lord Deathstrike. Uh, you've got my boy, the Taskmaster. And if I have one minor complaint about this miniseries, it's that, uh, Espen can't draw the Taskmaster. Uh, like, it's, it's not a great look for the Taskmaster. But it's still nice to see the dude, because I do love the character. Um so then you, and then they talk about really digging into the crates. Jagged Arrow. You guys remember him? Remember Jagged Arrow?
2: I do know. Christian Slater and John Travolta? No,
0: dude, it's like a Hawkeye. Oh, it's Broken be. Arrow. Uh, how about Crime Master? You're <laughs> man
2: spider no movies, holy shit.
0: You guys remember Crime Master, right? Yeah, sure do. Okay, how about um, how about Death Shield? No, looks just like Hercules, but has a shield that he throws like Captain America.
1: (laughs) Now, see when when you let in with Fool Killer, Fool Killer would be perfect for this book. He's in
2: it. He's in it, dude. It's one of the. Did you say that? Yes, he did.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, man.
0: Wait a minute. No. (laughs) <laughs> okay, here's
1: one. <laughs> I was searching for images to put uh, on the Facebook page. about Blood page. Spider? Blood Spider. Mm-hmm. I do not recognize that. Spider-Man. At least not...
2: <laughs> Titania. Okay. Wait, I wasn't... Just... Is, what not she in, um... Or did that, that series end? The, um... You got the page of art from it, because Absorbing Man, uh, they, they broke out of prison, and, and She-Hulk was in it, and Luke Cage. What the fuck was the name of that? It was a group book. Oh, uh, Pig Brothers. Nah, mm-hmm. I know, I screwed up. Uh, <laughs> what, it wasn't Heroes for Hire. Uh, the, uh,
0: the one with the, with the hood is the leader. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What's the name of
2: that? Uh, but she was in that, right?
0: Yes. Okay. I think this is unrelated to that. that okay. Far. different continuity, I guess, or different time frame.
1: This sounds like it could be my Marvel Oasis.
0: Dude, Mephisto. Oh, there you go. And it's hilarious, so all these guys are going to like, Deadpool sent different members of the team to these different crime lords to negotiate with them, and so he sends Massacre. Oh, and so the thing about Massacre, if you don't know, he was, uh, in the Deadpool series, he, he, he was a, a, a priest, a Mexican Catholic priest, and Deadpool confesses to him, and his confession is so crazy, that the priest goes insane and decides he can't save the world anymore. So he's going to start like purging the world of evil.
1: That's awesome. And he wears
0: this horribly sewn like homemade version of the Deadpool costume. But what's awesome is bun. He only speaks Spanish, dude. And there's no well, translations.
2: Yeah. Right. That, that, his one shot that, that Duggan exactly. Yeah. The one shot in Spanish. Yeah, one
0: shot. Okay. Yeah. And so he just speaks Spanish. Um, so they send massacre and terror to hell to pitch Mephisto. And, uh, like they're sitting and drinking tea with him and, uh, Mephisto's insulted that, 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 uh, lackeys were sent, not the head man. And then Terra's like, yeah, but you don't look, you're the top dog either. Cause it's like the Mephisto that we're used to, right? The kind of the human looking dude with the red, you know, just like the big red, uh, eyes odd collar. And so then he, Mephisto morphs into like a giant, almost looks like Blackheart, like a giant red, you know, demonic version. Very well done. Espen does a great job with the, with the cartooning here. Um, and it just goes from there. I mean, it's just the inventors ensues and then they finally find a buyer and, uh, there's also the interjection of evil Deadpool, which for a long time, Deadpool fans know it's a pieces of Deadpool got cut off as this often happens. And they grew into another insane evil version of him. Um, they, they find a buyer and the deal is the buyer says, cool, I'll give you a billion dollars for it. Cause he has an auction, Um, but you got to bring it to me. And, uh, it's the Ozarks Kingpin, who I was not familiar with. So I don't know if that's a new thing or if that's something from a book I might have never read before. That's eating, someone's eating, eating something. Not it's me. wrapping.
1: I don't make I wrap don't. ever I don't.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, but the Ozarks Kingpin buys it, so they have, they agree to transport it, but they need a way to transport it, so they partner up with the Highwayman. Oh, neat. Yes, the Vampire Trucker. So if let's think about the, the the amount of characters that we've seen already. So they're they're riding to the Ozarks with the with the crate with the vampire uh highwaymen. And of course, it's never that easy. So who comes to try and get at them? The hand. You've got and this is like you guys know that the next character I'm about to say is gonna make you giddy.
1: Big wheel. Oh, are you kidding Not me? I'm kidding you. Nice. I know who's coming. Slayback. I didn't see that coming. Yes, but remember
0: something. I actually have a jam piece of Slayback.
1: <laughs> what don't you have a
0: jam <laughs> piece sure. of? If you have a jam piece of Slayback. You pretty much covered a lot of it. Shit. Um Slayback and then uh who Oh, and then uh, the Orb.
1: Oh, see I was almost certain you were going to say Razorback.
0: No, no, that would have been a good one, but no. Uh and then We've got, who else we have? We've got the Zapata brothers, the evil Luchas. We've got, uh, Bruiser, another evil Lucha. They're all teamed up now in a Lucha group. Um, yeah, man, it's just, and, and they just keep having to battle all these guys, and, and, uh, they finally come to a resolution, which I won't give away, because, but it is pretty funny, and, uh, it sort of leads to the formation of, of the team, which then leads into the, the subsequent book, um... But it's so much fun, man! It's just nonstop action, great humor. All these characters have awesome interactions with one another. They're all so different. Um, just, just nonstop fun romp of of C and D it, list villains. It's just superb, right up my alley. Just, just the
1: Yeah, um, it does sound like a lot of fun. When you said um, terror, I have never ever considered terror part of the Marvel universe. Yeah, he's he's Shadowline side. Yeah, it. it's true. Yeah. And then they just kind of like appropriated him yeah. for, um, what books was, was the, um, Marvel team right. up or whatever he showed up. And it's just like, so, uh, yeah, that's what threw me a mm-hmm. little bit.
0: Yeah, man. So, uh, so real, real cool. I just have to say it's, again, it's, I fully acknowledge this is not the kind of book that's, uh, you know, gonna, you're gonna get half of our listenership to run out and grab if it's not their thing. But, uh, but it's, yeah, a lot of fun right up my alley. You know, there's a lot of Deadpool books and and these days, and I guess always, I think about it, but, uh, and there's the Gwenpool book and, and you know, they have their moments, but I would say that, uh, I enjoyed this, this arc, uh, more than I've been enjoying the pure Deadpool stuff. And I think one of the reasons is, I think one of the misnomers people have of me because they know I'm a Deadpool fan is thinking that I just love Deadpool in all his forms, but I genuinely think Deadpool is infinitely more entertaining when he's with a group of people that he can riff off of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's why he was so good in Next Force, and that's so and I think in this it works well because he's got a team of people that he's with and that that just I think it makes him a far more interesting character because when it's just him, I think they fall into the trap of doing the fourth wall thing too much.
1: Yeah. You're a Deadpool elitist. You want the pure essence of Deadpool, according to you. And I I think more often than not, you come to the show with Deadpool stuff that you don't enjoy.
0: Yeah, I would say that's right. I mean, well, it's a little weird, though. It's like, I I mean, I think I read all the Deadpool stuff, but I rarely talk about it because most of it I find to be not like below the bar of what I've considered the stuff that made me love the character.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So when I come across something where it does rise above or to that level, I feel the need to show the love.
1: So you're a man of very discriminating Deadpool taste. It's
0: it's like wine, women, and Deadpool comics. Those are yeah. concerning
1: about. It. There you go. Mm-hmm. I don't blame you. And friends too. All yes. All. Two mistakes I see. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've
0: ragged right on Zach and Will enough already.
1: <laughs> it's, it's true. Uh, David, what were you going
2: to say, birthday boy? Just that um, aside from the fourth wall stuff, what Jason said about. The perfect Deadpool, very similar to what we were talking about with uh with Guy Gardner and being in the Justice League or with the Corps, and not so great on his own because too much of one thing can be a little
1: right. Well, Guy on his own is kind of one dimensional, right? But you throw in ice, and you have a very tasty drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, what right. I, see what I did there? See what you did there? be right uh David and I can tag team on a number of things. please do all right. I have to uh give it up from my brother dapp. He was absolutely correct in praising okay, this book.
2: It must be my birthday
1: flawless um delivery from Mr. Price got me to read this because he promised me something, and this book delivered uh written by Dan Jurgens with Almost all art by Lee Weeks. You also have Neil Edwards, Marco Santucci, and Steven Segovia in here. Inks by Sergio Carello, Neil Edwards, Scott Hanna, Jay Leeston, Art T-Bear, and Lee Weeks. Colors by Brad Anderson and Jeremy Cox. It's an eight-issue limited series, so there's a lot of people working on this. It's Lois and Clark. Yes. And... The thing, I pulled it out of my box because I was very eager to get it. And kudos to DC for getting this thing out a lot faster than they've used to get. Trade they've gotten paperbacks. a lot better at that. I have to give them credit. The turnaround on this book was lightning fast for DC. Marvel would have had it out the week after. But I got to give them, um, you know, kudos. It, it was a good turnaround. And the trade dress on this bad boy? Top of the book, it says, DC, new logo, Road to Rebirth, Superman, Lois, and Clarks. They're covering the bases on this because I think you need to read this book if you're going to understand what's going on in Superman and action and henceforth Justice League, right? And any book that Superman appears in, like Aquaman, um, you need to read this because it 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 tells you what happened and every page brings the love this is old school post crisis superman every page you get the feels and i think there is if i remember correctly i don't know what issue it was in but um there is some thinly veiled commentary on the new 52 by mr dan jurgensen oh book. yes because right um, in the first issue and the is, of the is it in the first issue yeah because Clark is is I don't I don't remember exactly the situation but he's describing the the new world in which they find themselves right. and he said this this world is so cynical right. and and what what was the second word he used cynical and harsh I believe and that's exactly uh that's a pretty damn good summation
2: of the new 50s I believe I Instagram that page when it was when when it came out but yeah it was I was like, that's, that's it. It's, it, the first couple pages of the early issues of the miniseries, um, are flashbacks to, to when Lois and Clark first and, and John first get to, um, the new 52 world, the, the post flashpoint. And it's what bums me out is I found out after Vince mentioned getting the collection is that it does not include the two issues. From last year's convergence event. It doesn't include the, those two issues that tie into that, that whole thing which brought Lois and Clark, our post-crisis Superman to, uh, back from wherever they were and, and that, that's when we find out Lois is pregnant and, and she gives birth and how they can even have a child and all of it made sense and it was, it, it worked in that miniseries and now after Convergence, it's obviously it's a few years later because John is a small boy, but, uh, the first couple of pages of each issue kind of, it, it's pretty much from Clark does have some things to say, but for the most part, it's, it's lowest because she knows what Clark was doing when they got to this earth. And, uh, he's I mean, kind of hiding in the background. You, you kind of get a glimpse of when, the first issue of Justice League from six years ago, five years ago, when, when they were fighting Darkseid, you see kind of Superman peeking around the corner, seeing that yeah, yeah. unfold. So it, it does.
1: You know what the best part of that was? When, uh, Clark says, I'm never going to get used to seeing Cyborg with the,
2: with yes! the Justice League. Yes, yes. Yes. And it, it's true. No, I am, listen, I, this is one of those things where it, it could probably come out way wrong and not. And, and
1: piss a not lot from of people you, though, off, but from, from me, as, but not as from a, you.
2: as, as a huge Cyborg fan, as, as, as a really big new Teen Titans fan. I, I am a, I love Vic Stone and it's, it is weird still to this day. And I get it. You know, it, it, what, because it's coming out in the movie too but it is not it it is strange for me to see Cyborg with the Justice League he's not yeah. he, he's not you know, there. there's
1: only right there's only one reason why he's in the Justice League because Iron Man's in the Avengers and they're they're going to they're trying to go movie to movie and if you have a man uh, with cybernetic gobbledygook and and armor I think also
2: Probably also for a little bit of of uh, diversity. Well, they could put anybody for diversity. It doesn't yeah, have to be. it could, be could have sad. been John Stewart, which we've had with yeah. Justice League Unlimited.
1: But yeah, I think John Stewart would be a better idea to wash the taste of I the agree. Green Lantern movie out. Of but, um, but, um, but um, to get back to the book, it it's. There's nothing bad about this book. Um Clark and Lois and little John are living in California. Lois is writing under an assumed name. She's still doing the, the hard-hitting investigative reporting, only she's targeting inner gang. And inner gang doesn't like it. So they're trying to find out who this mystery writer is. They're killing people. And meanwhile, Clark's powers aren't completely what they were. He's finding it harder to do things. Um, there's a couple of new villains. I think uh, this blank is an amazing villain. They better retain him for sure. for the for the new stories. He he gives um, Superman a run for his money because his powers are not physical. Well, not entirely. They're mental, and Clark always has a problem with that. Telekinesis. Um, and and he d- does something that I found very strange. What's that? He he incarcerates. Um,
0: Don't hate, incarcerate.
1: Yeah. Where, I mean, I know this is our Superman, so that's pretty much the only way it could have gone. He would never have killed him. But I was hoping for a different resolution. I would rather see Blank get away than Superman just throw him in the fortress and... Boom. That's it. I mean, I'm just going to keep you in here. There's, there's psychic dampeners around you, and I'm just going to hold you prisoner. He hasn't really been tried. I mean, yes, he's guilty. And Superman's all about justice and, and the system and, and, you know, redemption. But to take a dude who – and he says it in the book. Superman says it in the book. If I let this character out, he will kill again. Yeah. Blank relishes so much in just destroying entire communities, yep. just killing everyone. He said, this character will kill again if I let him go. I have to incarcerate him. But that to me, that's not Superman. But then he's in the black it's costume, Superman so he can't really give him to the authorities. Right. He can't, you know, like iron bar his arms together like Peter Parker and put a, put a, a sticker saying courtesy of the person you have no idea exists, you know? So it's, it's a, it's a conundrum. What does he do? Well, he incarcerates him. Hopefully we'll see Blank again. Because Blank is someone that can go up against the entire Justice League. He could be a big, big villain. If they play him right. Yeah. Cause he's, he's completely without morals. Or remorse. He'll just destroy everything. That's the kind of villain I love. That just like Doomsday. Just comes in, does not give a shit, just rips the place up, doesn't care who he kills. How do you deal with something like that? How do you operate within the confines of the system and take out a character like that? It's hard. It gets to the, the, the chewy center of what our heroes really are. It's,
2: it's our Superman just on this world. So the, the laws and no, not literal, are are a little different here. They he, like you said, he admits that blank will be up to no good. So no, he he's no. got to do. I mean, he, and there are times where yes, we've we've seen him cross a line. We've seen him rarely though, right? And and there's and and it's not to say that he doesn't feel guilty about it. It's not. It, it's it's yes, you you want to see superman all about truth just the american way and and you you don't you don't want to see him take the easy way out or or just do something because it it's this is something that's right it it is something that he needs to do it's just it, and that's what makes it a little uncomfortable seeing superman do something like this yeah
1: but how about the little um teasers there's more than one person incarcerated at the um, the fortress but I shouldn't say incarcerate there there are other characters being held in the fortress we don't know why we don't well I don't because I haven't read new 52 so I don't know who these characters are and Superman claims he's going to help them or with whatever problems they have, whether they're physical or health wise. I don't even know, but these characters are cool. And that's a little tea. We only see it for like one or two panels. These characters that are in there. And it's like, okay, we're eight issues. This is all you're going to see of them. Maybe we'll get to it in another book. That's to me, that's cool. I love that. And there are other unresolved things in this book. Um, Someone is searching for (laughs) uh, what, what is it? The obsidian stone? It's called, what it's called yeah and it's in two pieces and this woman is is traipsing all a, across the galaxy just killing what it, just whoever she can get her hand the the coons um who else did she kill that's uh, an
0: unfortunate name
1: the cooned yeah yeah i know i know but you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, well, I know you
2: didn't make the name up. I'm just saying.
1: No, I didn't. No, but yeah. Um, I think and that's why just... mentally
2: I always call it like Kund. Mm, that's not much yeah. like better, but. No, no, it's <laughs> not. But.
1: uh And and this woman, I can never remember her name, so I'm looking up now. But I should remember it because she is not reluctant to announce her arrival, telling you exactly who she is. She goes, "I am Hyathis." Hi, Penella of the planet Elstair. You possess the Oblivion Stone, not the Obsidian, the Oblivion Stone. Give it to me. And she could, this is a woman who can take a punch. Like, she goes toe to toe with Superman at one point. So, who is she? Where is she? Well, we know where she's from, but what's the deal with this woman? Why does she want this obs- what is it? What does the Oblivion Stone do? We don't know, cause it's, it's left hanging at the end, which is great, cause it'll turn up now. See, this is all, this is all set up. It's a great story, but you have to admit the majority of the series is all setting things up for later storylines. Right? Yeah. Right. And it was great. And I have you to thank for getting me to read it. I am
2: happy to, uh, to help, man. It's, it was, I mean, all I remember when I was talking about it is, Man, he's always giving that. Yeah, he's gonna read Superman. He's always gonna give him a shot. He's always gonna give DC, and it's. But it was one of those things where uh, it.
1: You know why? All
2: evens out what
1: happened. You know why? I didn't give it a second thought because it was published within the confines of the New Fifty Two. They they explicitly said, "Okay, New Superman, we're gonna start from scratch. We're gonna keep the numbering on action. Bring Superman back to number one." Post crisis Superman, our boys back. Start here. I'm like, great, sign me up. And the fact that you kept mentioning it, see, you you kept chipping away,
0: eating at away, that- the, uh, in the yeah, in that
1: yeah, and and I eventually acquiesced because you were right, and I should have known that right from the get go. Mm-hmm. But I'm me, right, and I judge if it was published within the brackets of New Fifty Two. F that, I'm not reading. Right, I don't, want, right. I don't want it. But now, the convergence thing that they uh, describe with the anti-monitor—did that happen in the main convergence miniseries, where
2: they go back to the crisis? I don't, and- it, yes, yeah, it I was-, was. It was weird. It was, yeah, a bunch of the, um, a bunch of the the Earths, the worlds that, um, that Telos was overseeing. That that was all brought together, uh, for the year they they did kind of split up there um you had um i think you had Barry Allen you had a few yeah there were there there were some heroes some of the older heroes some of the some of the flashpoint heroes and they all um kind of converged to uh to to overthrow the the big bad so yeah there was
1: and, and that what that was what led to the reemergence of the multiverse right it undid what crisis did it yeah yeah
2: i i it was this was not um yeah you said i I was thinking multiversity yeah no it was yeah it it pretty much did it was that that's 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 how yeah that that's how i was that was one reason why i was looking forward to to reading and seeing where where we're going with it um cool was, i mean yeah no it, it's
1: and i i think convergence the main miniseries is one trade but then they
2: they there's a really strange yeah, they break certain books up and they they pair up certain yeah like you'll you'll get the hawkman um, and the right. outsiders and then it, it's like i don't understand how these why these books go to, i don't know if like it would be neat if the steel and lois and clark books were in the same trade i don't know if they are
1: but again, each
2: convergence is only two issues. Right. So they, they gotta <laughs> cram as many in, in trades as they can, but it's, it was, it was packaged weirdly, I felt. Yeah. So
1: there you go. Lois and Clark, take Dap at his word. Believe him when he says to read something because he was dead high. I'll believe you now. Th- I just had all the feels when I was reading this. All
0: them feels.
1: Yep. All of them.
0: I gotta, I gotta say it's nice when you get all them feels.
1: And you know what it raised part of it in conjunction with the other book we read for this week raised a very good point in in my mind whenever um, the heroes are in solo books if you have Batman acting alone and something of huge import impacts him, it's a Batman problem mm-hmm. but it's not only a Batman problem it's a justice League problem. These characters carry their baggage into the League, whether the League wants it or not. Like, something happens in the book that we read where... I don't want to be... Until we talk about it. But it's a big deal for Batman, right? And, And he's got to bring this. He's got to take care of it. But he also has that family that it could impact. Something like Aquaman. The stuff that's going on in the current Aquaman, where Superman has to confront him, it's like... You know, Arthur, cut the shit. Stop it. You're, this is going really, really wrong. I'm telling you to cut it out or I'm gonna cut it out for you. Like, so that's, that's an Aquaman problem, but that's a Justice League problem. Because these characters have to interact within this unit and if there's friction going on or there's baggage, it affects all of them, right? right. I don't think that's, that concept is really explored Significantly, within the Justice League, that the book as it was in the New Fifty Two was all friggin' action. I don't mind that, but I want to see some of the mechanics of this family dynamic. I mean, they're a family, and everything like it. The shit rolls downhill, right? So it's going to affect all of them, whether they like it or not. I, somebody needs to. I, maybe it would be the most boring Justice League story ever, but I, I think maybe a couple issues of exploring like how. The individual crises affect that family unit. That that would be cool to read. Because Superman can't—he's in a—he's in a a rough spot. He's in the 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 JLA with Aquaman, but then he takes it upon himself to confront him and saying, "You're you're fucking up. Mm -hmm. You got you got to stop this." So that you telling me that doesn't affect their relationship in the league? Of course it does. And situations could go very very wrong because of this occurrence. I don't know. I think it's just food for thought. I like thinking about stuff like that. You're a thinker. I don't know about that, but I was just maybe it was the the salami I ate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not. So what? So what do you have? DAP.
2: Go solo. Oh man, um, I have. Let's see. We can. Oh yeah, there's that other book. Okay. Um, that other great book. There's uh. Hope you agree. I kinda, <laughs> I'm a little nervous. yeah. Um, I, 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 I read through a bunch of um, various uh, Star Trek arcs from IDW. Not not oh. in preparation for tonight or anything, just because I've I've been reading some Star Trek and and uh, so I finished the I read number sixty, finishing up the IDW uh, five year mission uh, of the current Star Trek series, uh, where the original series crew and the Kelvinverse crew are, um, sharing a dream, more or less. Uh, but I read the, I finished the, the storyline where, where Q decided to, um, mess with the Kelvinverse crew. But the big thing was the four issue legacy of Spock where they're taking ambassador Spock from his appearance, from the, uh, the movie and basically what he's been doing while the movies have been, uh, going on. And, and what was neat about this is as he's living this new life or, or, or surrounding himself with people who he knew when he was younger, um, He, he meets, uh, Ambassador Pardik, who he dealt with on the Next Generation episode when, when, uh, Picard and Data went to Romulus to, uh, find Spock and, and it was the whole reunification thing going on. And that's when they're face to face with, uh, Romulan Tasha Yar and, uh, there are, we, we find out how the other Vulcans felt about Spock because he was kind of viewed as an outsider when, uh, he, some of them do feel that because he's here, uh, they no longer have a planet to call their own because everything is his fault from when he tried to help Romulus and that didn't turn out too well. And now Nero and his crew decided to get revenge. Um, there is one Vulcan who looks an awful lot like Judy Dench. Uh, Tony Shastain was, that's unfortunate. but it's it's not a uh it's no it, it she she's it's she she can be quite fetching in in certain lights i think so uh if 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 you go for that the um guilt but no yeah but it's a uh it's it was really a neat story and, and it it ends where uh well they they they've kind of given away Obviously we're not going to get any more Ambassador Spock in, in the movies, and anybody who's seen Star Trek Beyond knows how that is um tended to and, and, and tidied up. But in this story they um it's you know, thousands of years later after Spock has died and there's a uh, there's a statue on what is basically New Vulcan um and a child is, is next to next to his father and ask you know why is this statue smaller than than all the others was he not was he not a great man and the father's saying that you know legend has it that uh when when he was to be honored spock spock's only request was that uh his statue uh match his size because anything else would be illogical but it was it, it overall it was a um it was it was an interesting, because aside from, you know, three minutes in, in the second movie and, and obviously not a whole lot in the third movie, we don't know much about our Spock in this, this alternate universe, but this kind of um, gave the character uh, a purpose and, and an actual ending. So that was pretty neat, but it, it overall, the, um, it's the, uh, I was, just going through everything that that I've gotten over the past few months and there's also the um Star Trek: Manifest where it was uh basically them meeting manifest destiny where they met um where they go up against some Klingons and we really haven't seen the Klingons a whole lot except for the second movie. Uh this is um this kind of fleshes them out a little bit more. But you know, I'm, I'm curious to see where Where IDW is going to take the crew post beyond. And, uh, I'm, I'm also interested to see what's going to be done, uh, as far as Chekhov goes, not just for the series, but, but, but for future movies. I, I I don't want to see, I don't want to see Chekhov replaced. I, I, if, if they have to, um, write him off the series, then, um, I'm fine with that as an, as an unfortunate, as it is but the there were a few other things that uh basically the other things i was reading were to um tag team with you guys over the tonight and over the next couple weeks especially with
1: why don't you guys tag team on what you read right now
2: because i don't know if afj started or restarted and um i don't think we're i mean we can talk about the Harveys and, and the winners maybe, but I, I don't think Jason's ready to talk about what, uh, what he's going to dive back into.
0: Well, I mean, just, we don't have to make it a mystery. I, I just had said to you guys that, uh, I had fallen off, uh, as I think you both had, uh, with our saga reading. Yes. i kept buying it, um, but I haven't, I'm at least a year behind. Yep. And for no real reason, I guess, other than just, you know, series get keep going and you get intrigued by something new and then you think, I'll go back to it. And it just, next thing you know, it's, it's been a year. Um, but the Harvey awards, uh, which are always coincident with Baltimore comic con took place, uh, this past weekend and always have a little pang of jealousy at, uh, all of our buddies who get to enjoy that con. Dave, David and I went once, but it's always a harder con for us to make work with our schedules. So haven't been back, but, uh, but the, one of the big winners, um, I guess as is always the case was, was saga. And it just reminded me of the series and that it, uh, I think it is still a very strong, high quality series. And so I just said to the, to, to the guys, I'm going to, I'm going to re-engage with the series and catch up. Um, kind of like I did with walking dead a few months ago and, and just, uh, go from there. And Dap said he, he would do the same because, uh, we both kind of stopped reading on the regular in the mid sort of twenties. And, uh, we're about a year and a half past that now. So, uh yeah, so we started doing that, but I um as as David alluded, I I since it's been so long, I figured I would just go ahead and skim through the series from start again and uh I mean this week I I read through the f- first 8 or 9 issues again. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I think it's better served once we get to some new ground and can kind of dive in cuz l- lord lords know we've we in play of other podcasts have dissected the first uh arc or two of saga long long ago so oh yes i don't know that true we need to.
1: i think we need to give it up to uh some of our friends for winning a harvey award
0: I- uh yes well certainly so um yeah let's hold on a 2nd second let's uh i'm pulling up the list now unless you guys have it handy
1: i have it handy, okay. oh yes. wow best online comics work went to mike norton Yes. For Battle Pug.
0: And fitting, because this is he just ended Battle Pug, so it's nice for him to go out like that.
1: Right. Uh, of course, best anchor was Klaus Janssen for Dark Knight 3 Master Race. Duh. <laughs> um, but uh, the other one was most promising new talent. hmm Tom King. Tommy <laughs> King. Got a we knew him when.
2: It's crazy, now, isn't it?
0: You can't praise Tom too much, because Daryl gets very, very jealous. It's true.
2: Him. He's very defensive. They're very possessive. Tom, I guess him.
0: we're we're, not, we're supposed to pretend we're not friends with Tom too, because I guess we're not as good of friends with Tom as. as
1: well, of course not. Guys. But I mean, we're not laying claim to the man, but we do know him. F-
0: we he has well, been on our right? show more recently than he's been on No Apology. He's just saying
1: it's true because he knows where his bread's buttered. <laughs> but um Ratings. Good job, Tom. Amazing. Yeah, it's really and incredible. He, he also, yeah, and he also uh, Facebook today that he said uh, that. 12 issue series that nobody read just make the, the New York Times uh, bestseller list for um, the, the Omega, Omega Man. Man yeah. That's great. Nice. See, quality gets noticed.
0: Uh, no doubt. Is that yeah. the only words you wanted to, uh?
1: Well, well yes, um, like you said, Saga swept. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, of categories uh, Saga won. But um no, I mean, we don't have to get into it if you well, don't want I to. I, I just got wanted to- the best to... letterer. Yes. John Workman, John of course. the best. It's... Yeah. I find it, um a little odd. I mean, I, I do acknowledge and respect her talent, but Laura Allred won for best colorist.
0: You know, it's funny you bring that up because I, that does baffle me and here's why. I, I do, I, I guess in the, in the vein, see this is, it's interesting, this is this would make for an interesting debate. I'd love our listeners to chime in on this. Um, so, one could make the argument that Laura Allred stands out for her coloring. It's distinctive.
1: It's very distinctive. And
0: er, therefore, she should be recognized for it. But I would make the counter-argument that Laura Allred cannot, by definition, be the best colorist because she stands out. She's distinctive. I think a great colorist, and there are many should be versatile and be able to complement the work and not simply be like when you think of Laura Allred, I know exactly what I'm going to see. I'm going to see vibrant primary colors.
1: With a mix of, um, right. You're, 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 and there's, there's a a weird pencil layer going on where her colors look like she has the, an overlay of, Of pencil shading Mm -hmm. over them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, I mean, I I need to show you with my hands and and my pointing, but, um, I, I don't know. I have to like, should, um, Dave Stewart, Dave Stewart is instantly recognizable, but he works on so many books and his, he can, he can switch it up slightly on a, a title where you may get the inkling that it's Dave Stewart, but it's not as readily apparent as, you know, Laura Allward's work when you see mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a tough like I call, said, man. I
0: mean, I, I can see both sides of it. And and I don't, I, I would say I'm a fan of Laura's work. I, I, I think, and and mainly it's, I mean, look, let's be honest to I me, mean, 95% of her career has been coloring her husband. Um. True. Now, recently, True. she's True. also been doing Lady Killer and working with Joel Jones, um, right. which is cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's fine though. Look, I mean, it's, it's recognizable because it seems like Jordy and Dave win most of these things all the time. So
1: yeah. um. But on the flip side though, is it a crime that now, now we're, we're talking about her because she's so distinctive. Well, is it a crime to give Jack Kirby the best pencil award? Nobody else like Kirby in his day, Nobody. You know, I, well, I was they, just
0: making that case in my mind, thinking, "Well, wait a minute. We 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 regale pencilers that have a distinctive style." So, right? Yeah. Right. No, like I said, I don't know that I I have I, it, it, This is a strong opinion, loosely held. Yeah. You know I mean, um, Paper Girls, best new series.
1: I have yet to read that. That's
0: that's your bad. I don't know. Maybe uh, best American edition of foreign material. uh Two brothers. And Corto Maltese. That two brothers fascinates me, man. It gets non-stop accolades everywhere. And as I told you guys last year at the, uh, when, when I read it, I it didn't, I didn't care for it personally, but love the, love the creators, but just didn't care for the work. Um.
1: And you really need to read Corto Maltese. It is right. absolutely stunning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there we go. Harvey award winners. Good on everyone who brought home a little. Trinket. You didn't Trinket. shout out your man,
0: Carl Barks. Got not brought into the Hall of Fame.
1: I don't have to shout out Carl
0: Barks. Do you know how old he was when Mr. Barks passed away?
2: 86.
0: that you
1: want to take a guess? Uh, 92. 99. Wow. My bad. Good for him, huh? Oh, yes. Very rich and fulfilling. Also, life.
0: best uh, work for young readers, Lumberjanes. I got to shout that out because I, I think yep. that's a very good
1: book good stuff so um special award for excellence in presentation is kind of jank but whatever it's peanuts that's so funny you don't like that oh no 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 never mind that's the tribute book yeah so my bad there. yeah that's not the yeah so i've i have seen that book and it's it's really nice so i'm, a, I'm an, an idiot for bringing that there on. we go but uh crimson crimson and the harveys what world are we living on Best Domestic Reprint Project, Crimson from Boom Studios. Yep. Whew. Whew. Alright, so, David, you want to talk about it and make Jason jealous for not reading it? Do it up. Well, David prompted me to read Lois and Clark, and I prompted him to read... Oh, (laughs) Oh, he never lets it
2: go. Never, ever. It's as reliable Um, as a ship date on uh never
1: mind <laughs> <laughs> dark knight dark, 3 go ahead and say mind. it um, reading a uh hardcover collection by an uh featuring the work of an artist who i think is and i'm going to flat out say it you can call me crazy but i'm gonna stand by this i think this guy is better than 90 percent of the people working at marvel and dc right now and he, I, from what I've seen online, he's finally getting his due. Um was written by James Tinian the fourth. Uh, Jeremy Caldwell was the colorist. And the artist is, uh, Freddie Williams. The second. I, I cannot praise Freddie Williams enough. I, I don't know. His work is so organic. And. Which is ironic because he works digitally, man. I know. Uh, but it's, it's astounding what Freddy brings to the page. He's the anti-John Byrne. The backgrounds are as lush and vibrant as the characters running around the foreground. He, his, his characterizations of these beloved characters. The book in, in question is called Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And Freddy absolutely nails it. On every page, David, opinion, because I don't, you know how I feel about Freddie. It's almost in the Frank Miller territory for me where I can't objectively Wait, really? look. <laughs> I, no, I'm not comparing Freddie to Frank Miller. No, I just, am. You know, but I don't
0: recall you. I feel like there's been a lot of Freddie's career that we have not talked about.
1: Because there's been a lot of Freddie's career where he did not draw like this.
0: Right. Well, that's right. what I'm getting at. See, so this is before you guys get into the book, and I, I you may be able to sell me on this one because I, I do like, the underlying premise. But um I first met Freddie back in the CGS days. He was, exactly. he was a friend of the show. And actually I actually now that you have I Freddie was one of the first ever sketch commissions I ever purchased at uh episode two hundred oh. of CGS. Um nice dude. Wasn't drawing digitally at the time, well was just starting to, and that was way of ahead of most people. I mean this was at a point when very few artists that were doing regular work right. were were drawing digitally to the point where DC had him write a book on how to draw digital comics. Um, and again, just real talk. Uh, I, I, he made a transition over that next two or three years to a style that I just completely fell out of love with. I thought it was much, much different than what he was doing on like Robin and those books. And I just completely lost, lost my interest in his work. I, I thought it became very antiseptic, um, no life. And I thought his Robin stuff, which he drew by hand was, was phenomenal. Um, mm. and I haven't really paid much attention since. So are you saying to me that that's the style you're in love with? Are you saying that he has evolved his style again?
1: Oh, no, no, no. He has leveled up yeah. okay. immensely Ooh, okay. since then. Then I'm interested. Uh, did, did you buy Captain Adam? I think the, so. The, uh, that was him. That's, I think we talked that's,
0: about
1: it. Yeah, I, that's where he really, really got my attention okay. with Captain Adam because – it's a very European looking book. It, it's a European style. It's elegant, yet it's, there's a gritty organic feel to it, which is not easy to do when you're working digitally. I mean, there's a texture to everything. And I'm not saying, uh, Howard Chaikin herringbone texture just slapped on there. There's a, there's a, a sandy, gritty, um, tactile look to almost Everything in this book. And I'll tell you the setup first. Krang gets um, sick of Shredder and the Turtles um, being in his way. So he sends them to another dimension. And naturally, Shredder being Shredder starts to uh, take a good look at the criminal underworld. And he wants it for his own. Meanwhile, the Turtles... Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. There, there's, there's a free, um, energy generator that, uh, parts of it go missing. And then all these, these high, uh, the, the, the think tank installations, they, they find these very high tech pieces of, of, um, technology. Well, yeah, technology being removed from the installation by, um, the foot. And what's going on? It doesn't really matter. The the gist of the story is that the turtles find themselves in this dimension, which is Batman's stomping ground. This is the DC universe. And because they are anomalies in this universe, their structure is starting to break down. The mutagen is dissolving. And when the mutagen dissolves, they're going to revert to four turtles and a rat. And so they're trying to get back to their home dimension see Batman um at one point he's he's fighting the turtles, and he gets a hold of a sigh, and he brings it back and of course, being Batman, he analyzes it with lucius and it, and, and Lucius is like, this is not from our dimension. This is really strange it's it's like it wants to be steel, but it didn't the steel that it is is not the chemical makeup of our steel so it's it's transforming due to it being plucked from its native dimension and inserted into ours it's conforming to our status quo so and that carries over to the turtles there's their mutagen influenced uh physiology is reacting to being in a different dimension they don't know it yet but uh they eventually team up with batman blah 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 but you know and um it, it starts off with the Penguin, and, and he doesn't serve Shredder's purposes very well. So Shredder uh, hooks up with Ra's al Ghul and the League of Assassins. It, it's There's a lot to love in this. It brings in a lot of Batman mythology. It brings in a lot of Turtles mythology. But Freddy just annihilates every single panel. His Batman is bulky as hell, but limber like the fight scenes are so well done david are. back me up are.
2: no the fight scenes are especially when uh splinter is is uh doing play by play when uh batman is trading training with uh leonardo
1: yeah and well As you would expect, Batman runs roughshod over all the Turtles initially. Mm -hmm. They cannot get a beat on him. They're like, this guy is next level. What do we do? We got to gang up. Even all four of them at once couldn't take Batman out. And then Splinter kind of influences them on, you know, fighting styles. And watch what he does. Pay attention. You guys are too young and reckless. And and he's calculating everything you do. And he's like, two moves ahead of you. And once Splinter gets into their brains a little bit they hold their own with batman and to the point where batman at one point gets thrown and he's like yeah you know i wasn't really paying attention it's like okay right yeah but no this book is fantastic and then the the kicker arkham asylum plays a role in it i I won't say what but all of the villains in arkham asylum are uh come in contact with the mutagen so you have animal versions of the Batman's rogues gallery. Like Bane is a mammoth. And Ivy looks like a praying mantis type creature. Is Joker a hyena? Is that what I, he was?
2: It was weird. I don't know if he was like an alligator or...
1: Oh, no, no. Harley's a, a hyena. Joker's... Yes. Yeah, he's like a cobra or something. Um, but the best one is Mr. Freeze. What would you expect Mr. Freeze to be if he was turned into an animal? Jason penguin mr freeze really oh he's a he's a polar bear dude oh oh okay yeah with these blazing red eyes it's and freddie does them in like blue greens oh my god it's gorgeous it is well wait a minute now
0: damn i remember seeing preview pages for this right and thinking how dope it would be to see
1: all these things all these guys with as mute as mutates and forgot all about this you need to jump uh, on I'm this. Gonna this collected is collected
0: edition now.
1: No. no. And, and the see the collected edition is really cool because you get all eight issues, of course. Six, Six issues. And then the back half of the book is all the variant covers. Wait, you with, have the collected edition? That's what you're speaking about? Yeah, hardcover.
0: Oh, so the I thought the series was just coming out now.
1: No. No, no, it's done. Right. You know what Freddie's working on now? Oh, okay. He Man Thundercats. Dude. Oh man, that's come, half come. awesome.
3: That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> true. <laughs>
1: I, ain't lying. Um, I ain't lying to you. I'm. I know. <laughs> no, I'm buying it just for Freddy's rendition of the Thundercats. I cannot wait to yeah, see it. I'm bad. down with that. Yeah. The, uh, and Ske- He'll do a great job on Skeletor. Come on. The
0: bro, the, I, we can't go down that He-Man route right now. Uh, you don't want me to. We're, we're, want we're,
2: him. We're, in a, we're in a good mood. Um What's wait? Uh, I gotta ask.
1: What's the beef about I, him?
0: I never got the appeal. It always seems so homoerotic to me. I really didn't understand when people, like, obsessed over it. It seemed, like, really creepy to me that, like, young dudes would be so into that. Just keeping it real, dude. I just never... It seemed weird to me.
1: Okay. It's more like King Arthur meets Conan, though, right? Uh,
0: It's it's more like a (laughs) hundred different super muscular dudes in pieces running around with no shirt. I mean, it's... It's about as homoerotic as a toy line's ever been.
1: Oh, I don't see it. But... <laughs> well, I'm sure you're not alone.
0: I mean, lots of, lots of people like it. I mean, I just, it always struck me as a little weird. Huh. You asked. See, I told you I didn't want to get into it and then you asked.
1: Okay. Um, did you right, ask? I'm just, No, I did ask and I'm just now, now I'm going through I mean, I guess it could be like slap on the ass. <laughs> Oh a little bit. <laughs> it's
2: a gay duo and shit.
1: That's over here. <laughs> but anyway, there's a uh a double page spread where Shredder's recounting uh the history of of the turtles and the villains and what happened and um Freddie does uh Splinter with his hands perched on top of his cane, full color, but then he does like a pinkish sepia tone type uh, remembrance in the background and it's Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang, uh, and, um, an Eastman and Laird homage. The pose where they're on top of the building, uh, you've seen it on, you know, or, I think it was even, yeah, yeah, it's cover of number one and it's just amazing. I mean, I, I, I have a gigantic man crush on Freddie Williams.
2: The every page. Is packed. There's the, from, the double, there are a lot, no, not a lot. There are, there are some double page spreads glittered throughout, but they all serve a purpose. They're all, they're all there for a reason because they're they're barging in on a large group of people or they're, they're, they're doing some flashback type story. It's not like it's just Batman swinging across the building and, and the turtles are behind him. They're, Freddy paces this out extremely well. It is, it's, and it's six issues. It doesn't feel like anything was wasted. It's not like they padded anything out or they could have, actually part of it, if depending on the mood you're in, you may even feel like the ending was kind of rushed, but that was, or they left, yeah, or they left stuff out. Right. And it was, there's, there is a, um, there is a bit of a, of a time crunch involved. The, the, because of the uh because of being in this dimension because of being not where they're from the mutagen of course is is the mutagen that keeps them what they are uh could actually be killing them and and or reverting causing them to revert and uh if they don't go back home they could end up just becoming turtles again and and right um
1: and- the voices of the turtles are all dead on. Like uh Raphael's the holdout; he does not trust Bas- Batman initially. He yeah. De- wants nothing to do with him. And the other three are in awe, especially when they get into the Batcave. Like Leo and and Donatello, they're just they're looking around like this is heaven
2: on earth. And, and Mikey's riding the dinosaur.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's he's hysterical. He's, he dr- he jumps on
2: top of the T Rex
1: and he's riding it. <laughs> 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 and even, I mean, even
2: Alfred, Alfred is, is pretty good in this, and, and, uh, you know, Damien is the Robin. He finally, and that's the thing, it's like, it's, it's set in the New 52 universe, so, um the characters that Batman's talking about are, if, if you're familiar with his universe, that's, it's, I don't, it's not, I don't think I'd like? call it timeless. Oh, you can read this, but if, it you should know, your history of, of both properties and, right. uh, as, as long as, you know, it's because it is Damien, if it's someone who's just, if someone's not familiar with Batman loves the turtles and they're like, Hey, it's Batman and the turtles. And they don't see, you know, Dick Grayson or Tim Drake or one of the other animated or live action Robins, they may not quite know, but because Rachel Gould appears there's that connection with Damien. So it's, it's all really well done. I, I, tinian is, is becoming a, a very, uh, very solid, very adept Batman writer. I'm, I'm enjoying what he's doing oh, with, with, real? uh, with the character between this and, and detective. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I did, I, I did enjoy this a lot. I, I read the first, first issue, dug it a lot. And then I uh, was going to wait for, for the rest of them to come out and then just read it all in, in one chunk. And, it, has been finished for a while. I never got back to it, and Vince prompted me. But I uh,
1: once again, though DC turned this trade around very quickly
2: because well, did I think
1: DC it it, though? it's it's an, a DC IDW.
0: So that's see, I mean IDW is awesome at getting their stuff out. So right,
1: yeah. But uh, Casey Jones makes an appearance, so it's it's everything you love about both properties extremely well written all the voices ring true um beautifully illustrated and colored it it, i I saw the first issue when it came out and i'm like okay there's no way i'm buying this in singles because fingers crossed they're going to put out a hardcover Mm -hmm. and they did and i i i I really hope that history repeats with this uh he-man thundercats thing because freddy's he he's a bottle rocket right now he is blowing it up Great, great stuff. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. Well, I, but let's keep this train rolling. I'm having fun. I got lots more to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, um, can I? Can I do a little? I'm not going to get in depth because if I did, it would take me an hour and a half. But I just want to alert everyone: um, if you're old like us, and we're alive between the years of 1976 to 1986, and bought comics, there is a book out right now that you need to have. I read this thing cover to cover, and it's a, uh, one of those instant way back machines where every page has a warm and fuzzy. It is. It is published by Tomorrows, written by George Curry. We know him, right? And it is called Comic Book Fever, a celebration of comics, um, 1976 to 1986. A brief overview of what you will find in this thing. It starts off with uh, Spirit of '76 with Jack Kirby's return to Captain America. It goes over to Big Jim's Pack and Adventure Team, Harvey Comics, Marvel Team Up, DC Comics presents. There's a piece on John Romita and Spider-Man, and then it goes into Spidey Super Stories and the uh, the Rock Reflections of a Superhero, which I still have, minty mint on vinyl, and. It's not Dark Side of the Moon, but I'll throttle anybody that tries to take my copy. Um, It goes into the Marvel Fireside books, The Origins, Son of Origins, Bring on the Bad Guys. Archie comics are in here, Dave Cockrum, and that band of mutants that he made famous. What If, of course. There's even a piece on Grit. Yep. The Grit newspaper that I sold. I was a Grit boy. Yes, you were. And Grit's in here. Um, then it goes into the whole martial arts craze with Shang-Chi and Karate Kid, Superman Muhammad Ali. The Treasury Editions are in here. Uh, one of the greatest comics of all time. Um, the Battle of the Century. Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man in here. The Hostess ads are in here. Joe Kubert with that Snyder Man character for the Heroes World catalogs. Jim Starlin, Underoos, the Kiss Marvel Super Special, Marvel Premiere with Alice Cooper. I Man, I can go on and on. This isn't even the first half of the Dynamite. book. Dynamite,
2: the greatest kids' magazine.
1: Yes. Elfquest, Color Forms, Neil Adams, Power Records, Charlton, uh, The the uh the Rise of the Miniseries is covered. DC's Dollar Comics are in here. This book is unbelievably Star-based.
3: good.
1: It took me, I'm not kidding, at least three days to read it where I, I i could read nothing else it's just densely packed with with data and text and uh, just overviews Not i don't want to say overviews because that seems like you're flitting from subject to subject you're not giving them their due it gets pretty in-depth and it's just well written it's a great book keep go to tomorrows.com i think they sell it digitally right yeah they have to they do that with everything go get it it is unbelievable and I was talking to George, and he said it took him five years to write. No kidding. Yeah. Damn. Wow. That's a long time to devote to one project, man.
2: Yeah, no doubt. It's, well, it's it's one project, but it covers a lot of ground.
3: Yeah, yeah. So
2: it's not like he's just, uh I wouldn't look at a project like this like, Oh man, I gotta write this thing that's, you know, going over 10 years. Every day you can be like, I'm gonna write about the titans. I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write about secret wars. I'm gonna write, you know, yeah. so there's, there's just, and then you just gotta piece it all together. But I mean, there's, there's, there's so much here. There, there's nothing, there is absolutely something for everyone in this book.
1: This is something you can buy and you don't have to be like me and devour it all in, in one shot. You can, you can read A section, put it back on the shelf. Take it down a couple weeks later. Oh, you'll always find something to marvel at, pun intended, in this book. And it's that tomorrow's layout where more is more, where they just they litter the pages with... Examples. yeah like you can just oh my god look at this super and then it's like another little inset with more comics here or pencil pages or inked pages or covers and it's just like you don't know where to look first there's just so much good stuff on every page i was i i was amazed how well this thing came out not because i doubted the 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 company or the man who wrote this i'm just saying this is if someone said i want you to write a comprehensive book on 10 years of comic history It's a daunting task. How the hell do you do that? Especially 76 to 86 where there was like, it's, those are, that's a transition decade. There's so much going on in there. So many different formats and, and the rise and fall of companies and, and independence. The Bronze Age. What the hell? It's a, it's a magnificent tome. If, if you are lacking in your comic book knowledge, this will get you up to snuff on pretty much the import, most important decade in comics.
0: That's awesome. Yep. Tomorrow's is really an underappreciated. Uh, I think degree. so. Yeah. yeah. And I'm guilty of it. I, I see so much in previews every time about, and I'm sure I would enjoy from back issue to the books like you're talking about. And I just, I guess I just always tell myself I'm not gonna ever. I feel like I'm never gonna actually get around to reading them because I have such a big Rajan pile of comics. It's
1: a it's a big danger with two marks. Yeah. The the average issue of 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 draw, or well maybe not so much draw, alter ego, or um you know back issue. It'll take you a long time to read them. If you read them cover to cover, there's a week of your life right there. But you don't have to read them all at once. You can go back and rediscover or. Learn something new at, at your own pace. Just buy them cause they're great books. Absolutely. They, yeah. Wow. able around. I want to hear more comics.
0: Crickets over here.
1: I got, I, I can keep talking. I read all the comics this I, time.
0: I got, I got a little something. Good. Cause you guys have been riffing on the DC. I'm going to talk a little DC. Uh, oh, I think cool. Dak can tag team with me. Maybe you can too. Um, you guys current on Green Arrow?
1: Mm, I read up to five. Yeah, that's where
0: I'm at. Yeah. Okay. I I don't know if that's I guess I assumed that was current. So first of all, um you know, I think the transition to Juan Ferreira on art is startling. Yes. Um and I just think like putting my businessman hat on, I, I think it's 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 a sketchy move on DC's part. Um and again, not because Ferreira is by any means a bad cartoonist, but simply because the style is vastly different than the first two issues, which 100%. got a lot of props, and I think deservedly so. And so, you know, to transition mid-arc like that from one person to another is one thing, but to do it with two really different styles, I think, is got to, I would imagine, put a dent in the momentum of the book. That, that's just my supposition, and I haven't looked at the sales numbers, so I hope I'm wrong. Um now that said, I would say I have a love hate relationship with Ferrara in this book. Um, I don't think he's the right fit for the human oh not human for the for the normal looking human characters. Um I, I don't think it's 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 ideal for like Dinah and for Ollie and stuff. But I think he's the perfect fit for the villain and for his burned minions and for the giant, crazy deep sea ship vessel that they reside in. So it's a little strange. I mean, there are parts I think he's just really ill suited for, but then I think there are parts he's perfectly suited for. And mm-hmm. and most notably the, the villains, because as you know, Vince, I mean, Ferreira, I think is a, a proven commodity in the horror genre. Yes. And, and I think he's really well suited to, to draw the, the more horror, horrific aspects of this book. And there are plenty. So I would say I, I liked the art more than I disliked it. Um,
1: can I say just one thing? And I, I, I like Ferreira's art a lot, but there are times when his poses tend to be a little
0: awkward. Right. Right. I agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's nowhere near as fluid as uh, Schmidt.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Right. And has anyone? I I I guess I'm super disappointed that Schmidt. I mean, did two issues? Is that a? I mean, is, was that planned, or do you guys know if that was? Well, it
2: wasn't was previews. It wasn't after the rebirth and the first issue with um. It, they've they've. Everybody who's been on the book has been solicited, so it's not like any... It, it, it was no, a no I not realize but that. I, don't... I guess
0: I'm wondering if... if It just seems odd to me that...
2: uh I'm hoping Schmidt comes back.
1: Yeah, I think you guys are going to hate issue six.
0: Lovely. I thought you said you hadn't read issue six.
1: I have it in front of me, and I'm looking at it now. I didn't read it yet, but uh the art is done by Stephen Byrne. Mm. It's very tight, very slick. Okay. Nothing like either Ferreira or Schmidt. Interesting. So it's, the book is taking another stylistic mm-hmm. turn, which I don't really, I don't think that's a very good idea. No, no it's
0: really not. I mean,
1: um, think less adept Mike Norton. Oh.
0: Uh, w- well, you know, I, I hope our listeners don't take that as a, uh,
1: no, it's not a dig. A dig this on is, Norton. this is, if, if, if this Percy, uh, now Benjamin Percy wrote it, if Stephen Byrne started, The Green Arrow series and, you know, continued, I would have no problem with it. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we got Schmidt, which was the high watermark, I think, in this whole trio, and then Ferreira, different, but suitable, good, good, very good, right? This, again, it's, it's another iteration of Green Arrow when we just had two. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 there's, to, to sound like DAP, there's no, overall stylistic and continuity in this thing. I got you. It's all over the
0: place. Yeah. So what have you guys thought of the story? I mean, because we kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're th- it,
1: I, I, I think that we're throwing this, this burn under the bus.
2: Now, the thing is, though, with, with the, with issue, with issue six, and this was, when we got to the end of issue five, that's when I was kind of like.
0: Oh, so you read issue six?
2: No. Oh. No, but when we got to the end of five, there was a slight groan, from me exactly because of where that's, we end up
0: <laughs> yeah that's exactly right i mean i was grooving on this thing hard <laughs> rolling with it like tight for five issues and then i was like womp, womp, womp.
2: exactly i'm like but we get oh, it on told. this show that's all this dude does is like just just fucking buy a resort then on an island i'm just i'm I mean, so
0: a multi billionaire, like yeah just fucking just just put a put put a beaches up in there <laughs> just get the fucking it, a fucking family going Make it a, uh, you know, make it a uh, Club Med, dude, or like a a Hedonism. Make it like Hedonism 3. All the hoax.
2: uh, But it's, so maybe because of this shift or change in the storyline, because we just had all the action and now he's, so it's unlike where, where we had Schmidt and then Juan telling a continuing story, but in different styles. Now this is a new arc, so I'm, I'm giving the style change benefit of the doubt because it's a different setting and, and, and hopefully it works in this setting once I see it, but I'm not, because it is a different arc, I'm not really looking at it as a fill-in or, or a, uh.
1: Well, it kind of uh, is a fill-in because the continuity does not pick up. Or does it... the, it's about, uh, the, the, from what I can tell, the story's about Amico. Oh. Okay. And it doesn't pick up on the island.
2: It's it's um Oh, so still get the island. Uh,
1: you will yeah, in so, issue seven. After, that's maybe. what I'm saying.
2: So after this story, we still have to deal with the island. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, so.
1: Maybe maybe not, because it, it's continued, so this storyline in six is continued, so maybe we won't get to the island. Love the
2: part.
0: idea of the ninth circle being a bank, you know, an Illuminati type yeah. of thing. Love that. Um love the idea that they were using queen industries as a front because obviously uh, he's out doing to do, being a do-gooder and not paying attention. Um, love the masks as Vince raved about when we first talked about the book. I mean, I think those masks yeah. are awesome. Um, love the villain. I mean, the concept of the villain and, and, and the burned, I mean, the idea that they get hundreds of immig- not immigrants, but, uh, like people that they capture and bring to, um, to this, to this facility and then dip them in lie, and then brainwash them for a few weeks and turn them into these minions. Love that. Thought that was cool. Just gross and evil and cool. Um, love the idea of the crew getting together, Daigle and Dinah and Ollie. Like that's cool. So I liked a lot of, the, I like a lot of what's going on, but David hit the nail on the head for me that uh, when all was said and done, and they blow up the place and, and, and they all escape and then Ollie gets abandoned again and he washes up on the island. I'm like, come on. I mean, really? I mean, what is up with <laughs> this island? I mean, why does, it's like we're, it's like we're, it's like lost. It's like we're, it's like, uh, yeah. it's like Damon is, uh, is writing this book. Um, so, you know, I mean, we'll have to see. I, 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 yeah, I guess issue six is sitting here waiting for me to read and, and I hope that it continues a pace, but I, I liked so much of it. And then it kind of left me just limpy D. I after that last page.
1: Worst rapper name ever. Limpy D. Yeah. But you know, I got something completely different.
0: Bring it three, 180 that shit.
1: Oh, it definitely is. Uh, let's see. Written by Mike Mignola and Chris Roberson. Two my art, With art by one of my heartthrobs. Say it, David. Christopher Mitten. I was
0: gonna say oh, yes.
1: Christopher so, Mitten. Oh, so good at the jam pieces. Oh, Stop. color art by <laughs> Dave. <So good. sighs> color art by <laughs> Dave Stewart. Oh, <laughs> it's all about him. You know how it's going. Hey, we're
0: and Kevich now.
2: That's what I was going to say. It's a wild trap by Stavison It's awesome.
1: This is called Rise of the Black that's Flame, the number stuff. one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did I say that loud? Uh... Yeah, I think you oh, did. Fuck, fuck. Anyway, tell me uh, more. Rise, Rise of the Black Flame, number one. It's a prequel to the events in uh, Hellboy and BPRD concerning that recurring character we've seen more often than not, the Black Flame. And it um, it stitches stories together, featuring yet another Mignola character, Sir Edward Gray, to the larger Mignola verse tapestry. He's bringing them all in, consolidating his his, his characters. Um, it's set in 1923, I believe. We're in uh, British colonial Burma, and these young girls start um, going missing which if they were Burmese would not have been a concern, but two of them are English. Uh, so witnesses report these weird hooded figures absconding with the girls. One of uh, the bystanders that tried to help one of these little girls turned up dead, strangled. So um, it being British colonial Burma, Sergeant Jeffrey McAllister and uh, Constable uh, Shadu are brought in to investigate. And the pair eventually cross paths with Sarah Jewell, who was a sidekick of Sir Edward Grey. And McAllister, he remembers, he, he recalls a meeting her and Grey in the field during, there was this nasty business when, um, a burst water main awakened this slumbering um it's it's like a six-legged spider monstrosity which was under uh ludgate circus so that kind of shocked him and awoken him to the fact that there's big nasty uh arcane uh, monsters in the world so uh he and he's like you know i wouldn't have believed it but I saw it with my own eyes, and there are things out there you don't want to see. So he—it's it, like an awakening for him into the 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 seedy uh, nastiness that underlies the Mignola verse. Um, but they're 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 pulling this grand narrative together, and it's just basically a setup issue. But it's a solid one, right? All the characters are in place. There's a couple hints at. The darkness that will eventually fall, but it's all beautifully illustrated by uh the great Christopher Mitten. And Mitten's style seamlessly just slides into that established look and feel of the Mignolaverse books. Like, he has an uncanny uh visual shorthand. Mitten doesn't overwork anything. Uh, he just very spare style when when he's not working in the shadows like his his character design the lines are few, but the ones he puts down they're perfect they're exactly where they need to be um did I say who colored this? I think I did it's dave Stewart um <laughs> wow, what a surprise but the the first page Surprise, surprise surprise. No, the first page is cool cuz it tells you exactly when this is happening. Mm-hmm. You you're going going from the present day BPRD, well not present day but relatively recent right. BT, BPRD when um you know it starts in 2014 and then it goes to 20, 2006 and then 1944. So you see sledgehammer easy brought into this. It's And then it goes to 1932, uh, and then 1923. And I'm not going to reveal what the panels are. If you want to see those, come to our Facebook group because I'm definitely putting that page up with the frogs. It's in the, the black, it's amazing. Everybody's working in concert here. Mitten, um, the writers, Stuart, this page is magnificent. If I could own a page, that's the one I would want Mm -hmm. of Mitten's work. It's great. It's a great it black. Follow have two away.
2: Pages I have two pages of mittens.
1: You do? He does. Yeah, from umbral. From um, yes, that's right, that's right. I love him. And I got
0: that fat ass jam piece, son.
1: I know. <laughs> his, I know. His, mittens' black flame is is very disturbing. Yep. And then he, because it's the black flame, and he's got all this uh, the the aura that surrounds the black flame. He can go in with the toothbrush and pew, I'm assuming that's how he does it. Uh, spatter some ink on there and get all nasty with the with the out and just goop it all up and it looks great. It looks fantastic. It's it. There's an energy to Mitten stuff that is just. Uh, it I marvel at it every time I look at it. I think he is, uh, an amazing, amazing illustrator. So yeah, and you'll learn something. About the, uh, the thugs. I didn't know the def, the, where, where the word thug came from. I just thought it was, uh, you know, he's a thug. But there's a history to the word. And you will find out who were the thugs.
2: Mm.
1: See, I'm not big on, on, on history, especially when you get out of, uh, uh, where, you know, our place of residence, like European or, uh, I, I, history just doesn't connect with me. So I have to research things, but they did all my work for me because you get, uh, uh, you know, a history of the, the thug group and the, the goddess Kali. And it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. It's a great book. I'm just very curious to see where it's going. It's going to get just real nasty. And in, in the letters column, they're like, does it really make sense? We've seen the Black Flame many times in the verse. like do we really need to go back to the beginning? yeah, I think so Everything. every every the no the every major villain needs an origin I mean because there' there have been various characters in the guise of the black flame. the black flame is not one character that. You know with a timeline that begins here and it's the same character in the present day it's not the same character the black flame is not it's not a flesh and blood character it's a it's a it's an entity that you know consumes various uses vessels if you will over a period of time and this is the original vessel and then we saw you know uh in lobster Johnson it was uh distal and and then in um other ones in uh, what was that guy's name from Zinco? Uh, the guy that made the suit and um, King of Fear. Uh, I forget his name, but anyway, so the Black Flame is not a, 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 the same character every time, and that's we're getting the, the origins of. It. That's perfectly fine. I want to know this, so bring it on. And it's published by Dark Horse. Let's read it. Wow, crickets.
0: Nah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just wrapped up. <clears throat> Sounds good, dude. I mean, I, uh, I'm woefully behind on all Mignola verse stuff. Yeah.
1: I, me too. I have about 10 issues of Lobster Johnson to read and I didn't finish Hellboy in Hell yet. Mm-hmm. And I know there's like a woo big, big to do at the end, but I didn't get there yet. I'm only like halfway through it. I let them stack the, the Mignola verse books because the, well, they'll always be there in theory. That's true. Unless he gets tired of it, he wants to do watercolors. Whatever. Yo. <laughs>
2: he's good at it, though. You think?
1: Yeah, I saw a couple. Yeah, he's he's pretty. He's got chops. Going places. At this point, at this point, Manuel can do whatever he wants to do. So, more power to him. If he's happy, I'm happy.
2: Oh, we want him to happy.
1: Yeah, he's always happy. happy. He's always happy. Do we have anything else? Uh
2: Let's see. I'll, um, I read Deathstroke number 1, which continues right after Deathstroke Rebirth. I'm stunned. One. And uh, can some... we speak about the
0: fact that Christopher Priest is going to be at New York Mugent Comic Con? We... <laughs>
2: Uh, Have to have a photo with the man.
0: Boo. We got it all. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go and wow him with our charm. Right. Vince is going to finally step up to the plate and get an intro. About time. Finally. About time.
1: I'll do that. Sure.
0: Then he's going to love us so much. He's going to agree to do his first podcast appearance in like a decade. Wow. With us. Then he's going to have such a good time. He's going to be the new fourth chair.
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome to fantasy land. Whoa. I don't, the new fourth chair, Christopher Priest. If you can make that happen, I will try and contribute as much as I can, but if you can make, ooh, there's almost nakedness in this death stroke. Number one, little underboob going on. Oh, yeah. If you can make, if you can make that happen, I'm with you.
0: It's my goal in life.
1: Yeah, to be with me.
0: Well, that's a given.
1: Yeah, to get pretty <laughs> I,
0: I, I loved hanging out with you in New York over the summer. It was awesome.
1: We had a good time, yeah, didn't was we? Was Memories time. were made. Oh man.
2: It's, man. That's... I don't see, I don't see how we're going to top it next year. Did we
0: laugh?
2: Oh my <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> Dude. Laugh, we cried. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, hey, are we ever going to get that, the new hotline set up? Do we have it set up? Are we gonna? What's the deal? Because I want, I, I want to go back to the hotline. I didn't know we were talking about. It David, David and I were contemplating. The real masterminds behind the show were contemplating. <laughs>
0: what <about> that blog? We need
1: blogs <laughs> going? Yes. <laughs> I'm saying. Oh my
0: god.
1: We need to do things. It's like and on the I, I'm on gonna the first day. You, I, I'm going to have to throw you guys on the carpet. What? Because I can't tell you how many times during the day I see. Ten people are waiting for approval to get into eleven o'clock comics Facebook group, and you
0: don't have the ability to approve. Wait, son, hold up. Number one, yes. as I've mentioned, the pace of people asking to be a part of the group has increased considerably.
1: Oh, massive.
0: Number yes. two, I please give Woodrow some credit. I've been <laughs> culling that shit every goddamn day.
1: Yes. Good. Yeah, well, good. But I, I whenever I look, it's like ten, fifty. Because
0: well the real the realness is all right, here's the thing. For all you listeners that have legit <laughs> asked to be a member of the Facebook group, which is eleven o'clock comics, it is so effing hard to tell if you're a spam bot when you have your profile completely closed off such that we only see your profile pic.
2: That hasn't been updated yeah. since like June two thousand fourteen. Yeah. I fully
0: understand lots of people do that for privacy reasons, and that's fine. But the way to get around that is when you apply for a group, please take a minute to put a comment with the request saying, hey, listener of the show or, hey, love to be a part of the group. Because if you don't do that, Dap and I, when we look at you, are very reticent to accept you because you look like a bot. It's just that simple. And, like, look, I'll also say if you're a member of, like, 300 groups, we're not accepting you unless you reach out to us and say hey I'm a real human being that wants to be a part of the group because I'm well, going to see either A you're th- a bot or B you're peddling your own wares. We get tons of requests for like people that are, you know, upstart artists and creators and then you see they're a member of like 300 groups and then you look at their feed and the only thing they ever post is a pimp of their own stuff and that's not happening. We're not we're not accepting you. So We would love more members. We, we've, we've probably added 50 new members in the last two weeks from requests and that's awesome. But we want people that are going to genuinely be interested in the show and interested in the community and want to talk comics. And it's very simple. Like when I apply for a group, just, just, just post a little thing like Dap, Vince, Wood, love the show or hey guys, like just let us know you're a real person and we will accept you that much faster.
1: That's a good idea. How could you tell how many groups you're, you're in?
0: Anytime someone sends a request, it says how many groups they're a member of or how many friends inside of the group they they have that type of thing.
1: Yeah, I think I'm a member of about 300 groups.
0: Get out of here, really?
1: Yeah, like I'm scrolling through my groups and it's I'm still scrolling. Wow, I, I mean, I'm a it just keeps going here. and going and going. So, but they're all legit, like you know, right?
0: But my, but this is a great point. If you just sent a group request, we probably like if you were just a person, we wouldn't accept you because. I'd be fearful that you're either a bot or someone that's going to spam us. Oh, gosh, That's a lot of groups, bro.
1: But I, yeah, I like, I like them all. No,
0: but, but that's my point. Like that's why I'm saying this. Like I'm sure some of these people are real, but Uh it's hella difficult if you combine the lack of a personal intro with that many groups and that we can't see your profile. It's just, it speaks to, you know, and look, I mean, real talk, like if, like if, (laughs) I mean, if you're like, if your feed's all in like a foreign language, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got you. Like not, not happening. Yeah. So, but that being said, like super cool that we're getting so many new members to the community. Mm -hmm. Like it's that like the real members. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's welcome to everybody that we've added recently and look forward to getting to know you on the, on the, on the, on the, on the group page.
2: Yes. Just don't try to cut in front of us when Jason and I are trying to talk to Christopher Priest. <laughs> yeah, you can't have that. Can't have it. Guys are guys are getting. Dude, are you be?
1: I like. I think he's great. Oh,
0: you remember I reached out to him a few years ago to come on the show, and he was yeah. very wrote me back very politely and saying, "Well, I'm not really doing comics, and I appreciate it, but I don't want to." So I'm, you know, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question that he would consider coming out on.
2: I am no, especially when he's currently writing a book. Exactly. I'm, I'm stressing over what to bring to have him sign. I'm just gonna pull out my dick. Well, yeah, but well, that's long enough. What's he gonna just put? chuh? <laughs> well, I'm gonna, in, I'm gonna be in Grover phase, not shower phase.
1: Well, why why'd you, why you think say chuh? I don't get it.
2: And then he's gonna go find stringer to tattoo it. It's like, yeah, so like really. Stringer's should... gonna tattoo
0: priest on the dick. Yeah. And it's gonna have all kinds of strange mixed messages the rest of my life.
1: Oh. All hopes for a radio broadcast have now just oh, been done.
2: Oh, not really. <laughs> no, I gotta leave that in <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, so we'll see if if they bleep it out anyway um, I'm thinking about bringing the the Green Lantern novels that he wrote years ago, anyway, um really, yeah, because like oh, I dude, think
0: Black panther a bust for me I, well, I got have, black panther number one
2: i'm I'm bringing that I'm bringing um the quantum novel what you gifted me and the is, um oh, did he already sign that though I think he signed it already.
0: I think I got you a signed copy in that's what
2: I'm saying <laughs> yeah. um and uh what the hell was the other thing um the crew the
1: he did he did move. sign it
2: signed by the man himself because you have the post it yes. note on it so then i can, he could can sign it to me then but um so yeah there's, so there's the uh but those green lantern novels i think like me and the publisher the only guys who read them the uh
1: i just want to say one thing before you move on speaking of black panther yeah the current book yeah Written by, uh, Don Assey Coates. Yep. Yeah, I was going to butcher that. Thank you for, for saving my life. I guess that book is making a lot of waves because, uh, I get Art Forum whenever it's published. I have a ongoing subscription. It's an amazing magazine, mm-hmm. but there is a two page look into the new Black Panther in Art Forum magazine. It's a September issue. How does, I can't recall when a Marvel comic was ever investigated in the pages of art forum. At least, least not as long as, at least not as long as I've been reading it. That's big doings.
0: That is big doings.
1: So this book is making some pretty big waves, right? Yes.
0: You know, I'd and like they, to that, think it is. I, I, I feel as though if I'm being frank, I've heard more negative feedback than positive on it. Um, I mean, I'm enjoying it, but, I I feel as though the feedback has not been all that positive on it.
1: Well, one of the criticisms that the writer makes was that, okay, you have this technologically superior country in Wakanda, yet the guards all carry spears. Right. Yet yet they're spears that shoot laser beams, but they're still wallowing in the tried-and-true depiction of the, the natives you know with this and, and he said and uh, another criticism was that the writer is uh so vocal against the system that he, he begins the run with with anarchy and he's bringing down the status quo and he's going to rebuild it hopefully and uh, did he tell people to did he say wait and see like it was a slow burn story like don't judge the 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 first couple issues let the story build yes, and then and yes. make your yeah and that he's he goes spoke openly about
0: being and as you know I, I'm a huge fan of his 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 works he's published his prose work um, is he an
1: anarchist no
0: no 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 not at all okay um but he made the the case that it it's that's been a difficult transition um to compartmentalize the story right to to try and segment it in this what what he would argue is an artifice which is like a 22 page sort of thing right that right um and you know i will say again i don't i it, it's um i hear him but <clears throat> you take the job you got it's a different art form right you you, you got to figure it out you got to figure out how to make each 22 pages
1: its own thing right i got gotcha. you but yeah i just thought it was neat kind of odd and uh admirable that the a Marvel comic could trickle down to Art Forum mm, magazine. That's, that's great. Very
2: cool.
1: Yeah. September issue for anybody wants to read it. Do you
2: remember?
1: So cool. Dave, what were you saying when I stomped all it's over? Okay.
2: Um the continuation of this Deathstroke story is uh pretty damn entertaining. I it's not so much that I am so Caught up on what Slade, on what Deathstroke is doing. I think Priest is doing an amazing job with, uh, giving everybody else in the book, uh, enough life to make them interesting and, and, and want to find out. I mean, we're, we're finding out more about Wintergreen than, you know, since back in the days with, when Mark Wolfman was writing the character and, uh, and a little bit more on, uh, Slade as a really shitty father and, um, where things are going with, with this storyline. Uh, on the flip side, since we were doing some 180s, I finally, um, finished Superman Grounded and pretty much the less said, the better. There were some oh, neat moments. Damn. No, the, the, the shining moments were when Chris Roberson was involved in um, finishing the story making sense of the story JMS started mm-hmm. um, I, I get the whole thing with you know Superman walking because he had lost his father and 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 he lost the the new Kryptonians and now he's feeling all alone and and he's dealing with this grief the only way he knows how because he never knew his parents so it's not like he felt their loss in his life but uh, mm-hmm. when the one of the parents who raised you, uh, dies. That's something you have to deal with. And then of course Clark thought that he found a whole bunch of Kryptonians only to have them taken away. But there, there were some other characters that JMS threw in that really, uh, it, it, the story was, was a lot of fluff and there were, uh, the, the neat moments had to do with, uh, a, a future organization of, of supermen and superwomen and, and the, kind of like the Legion where, you know, it's because of Superman and, and what he stands for. Uh, we have now, you know, we're, we're running with the S shield and that's our badge and, and, uh, we're trying to uphold everything that he was, um, what he meant. And that's one of the Eddie Barrow pages that, that I bought from the man himself. And, and it's, so I, I, I kind of wanted to read the story to find out, you know, what, what the context was for, for these, these two pages. And, you know, the, the issues that Roberson wrote were, were really good compared to the ones that came before it. And, and there were a couple of fill-ins. There was one by G. Willow Wilson, which was really good, uh, kind of dealt with, um, Really didn't deal with Superman at all. It had to do with, uh, the, the Daily Planet and, and Perry dealing with a, um, with a blogger because it's new technology and we're a newspaper and we're scared. And the, uh, it's true. There were a couple other, um, fill-in issues over the course of the, the, the 14 or so issues, but, uh, 14 issues. Yeah, it, was, it was, Superman grounded. It, was, wow, it started with one. And ended with seven fourteen, the, the the last issue of the series and uh because then we have Flashpoint. But um Ooh. I mean, let me let me ask you a question.
1: Uh-huh. Um the the multi Supermen that all have the different shields, like you said, like the Legion. Right. Were were those characters that were in Neil Adams uh the uh, uh the coming Superman. of the Superman no. were they from
2: No. That, although I, I haven't read anything past the second issue of the Neil Adams book, so I don't, did, are there more of those issues? Did that finish, or is it? I, I think it did. It the latest? Oh, okay. So, the, um no, I was trying to see if like one of them was like Superwoman from, from the, the old annual back in the day. Uh, there was even a, a, a fill-in of, uh, the Batman and, of Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne meeting when they were, uh, not young, not, not, not teenagers, but when they were slightly older, Bruce was going through training with, uh, you know, trying to become a ninja and Clark was, uh, <laughs> Clark was, um, you know, saving people on, on the, uh, in, in secret and, uh, wasn't Superman yet, but, uh, was, was doing what he could and they had to, and, and Vince's favorite bad guy was in the issue.
1: Oh God. Yeah, so
2: it was, um, yeah, there were, there were, there were quite a few whiffs. It, it, was, it was mostly miss. The hits were, were pretty good, uh, only because of what, uh, what they were surrounded by. But it, it it's, I'm not going to consider, I, I don't want to say, you know, this is something that everybody should read and judge for themselves. There are other more seminal or evergreen books that, you know, you should if, oh I've never read Born Again. Well then there's something wrong with you. There are books that you should read <laughs> mm-hmm. that absolutely. This is this really isn't one of them. This isn't one of the Superman stories for the ages. Uh I, I Especially if it has Vandal Savage in it. <laughs> yes. Uh but it a lot of it was You're
1: just
0: so like so it's cute that you could read Doomsday <laughs> every month but <laughs> Vandal Savage just ruins
2: <laughs> them. Like, <laughs> it makes them all flaccid and shit.
0: Doomsday equals Cialis to Vince. the <laughs>
2: Savage equals Salt Peter. Yep. It's true. But yeah, I don't, I, it's, as, as is the case usually with, with JMS, uh, we get a, in this case, I don't even know if it was a strong opening. It, it's, oh, I'm going to go on a walk about it. It's like, that's not Superman. So it's, like I said, it's, it's one of those things where I can say I read it. So now I can really talk shit about it, but at least it's, um, It's, it's done and, and I can, I can move on. So, uh, that was (laughs) my, it's like wisdom. It's so so hard. Uh, and the, um, but to get back to another one, to to do another 180 where we were with that stroke, um, Tom King's Batman number six, uh, which wraps up. The, the, the story that he was telling in the first five issues. Yes, sir. And, uh, over the course of a week and, well, this issue over the course of a week, um, and, and gets you ready for the first, uh, the Batman universe crossover, um, was a, re- it was probably, it was one of the best looking issues since, since this series started. I think there were, um, there were three different anchors on it. Some of them really made Oh no, because it wasn't Finch. I'm sorry, it was Yvonne Rice. It, it was um it was not Finch uh, at all. It was uh Ivan uh how do you pronounce it, Jason? Weiss? All right, thank you. Like I it right I got it right. You did. It's awesome. That is why I was um I really, really did like the art on uh in this book. But uh, Joe Prado ler Albert and uh Scott hanna were your anchors on the issue but it was it's pretty much um with uh Gotham yeah Gotham girl is is in it for the most part and she uh it, it's her story and and Batman trying to uh rescue her because she she is not well thanks to the psycho pirate and everything that she and her brother had to deal with um in the first five issues. So kudos to Mr. King. There are a couple of pages where really, um, I think Tom gets, gets the Batman character. Uh, there's a conversation between Batman and Alfred. And then at the end where, um, he is, uh, he is consoling Claire and, um, lets her know that, uh, basically uh, everything will be all right. And then the, the, the last page, the last page works as far as, you know, continuing the story or getting you where you have to go next. It, it is, um, it's, it's setting up the, uh, the next storyline because Batman wants to get uh, psycho pirate. But in order to do that, he needs, um, he needs to go to, uh, Santa Prisca. And that is where, of course, Bane is, and now um My name is Bain <laughs> you have to Batman needs to go hat in hand and, and ask somebody for uh for help more or less and and that person is amanda waller and and of course so now she has something over him to make this happen but it it's it's all a um every page leading up to this last page and the last page serves a purpose, but that The rest of the issue is absolutely fantastic without it. So um, that definitely helped wash Superman Grounded out of my head. Got the feels from Batman 6. Yes, indeed.
1: Big feels. Yeah. As the kids say, the feels. The kids. Anyway. And you know where you'll get the feels? Oh, shit. Yeah, discount comic book service because you will get your books for a fraction of what everybody else is playing. If that doesn't give you the feels, then you're numb. I can't help you. This month, the specials are, well, the spotlight specials for us. Uh, there's a lot more at the DCBS site, but I'm looking at Image, After Death, Book 1, Snyder, Lemire, two hundred ninety nine. dollars Department H, Hardcover, Volume 1, Subtitled Pressure. 999 and Savage, aka Turok, number one, 199 from Valiant. In your travels, I'm looking at my list here to see if I overlooked anything and I did not. I want you, I'm going to praise this book again because I read the third issue and I said it before, this guy just totally spun me around, did not mm-hmm. see it coming. Uh, the artist and writer, his name is James Wynott, and I'm talking <laughs> once, once again about Bolts. I read Bolts number three, last issue in the mini. It's just amazing stuff. So out of left field, but so damn good. Black, white, and red. Gorgeous stuff. It's published by Action Lab, uh, forward slash Danger Zone. So it's raw, it's, it's visceral, it's, uh, creepy and dirty, uh, meaning grit, dirt, not, not sexually. Um, and if, if you have a penchant for giant monsters and bloodshed and humanoid shaped monsters and other worlds and the gunslinger, uh, the dark tower and video games and kaiju, you're going to love the hell out of this book. Sounds I great. did. Yeah, I did. I think it's amazing. Um, so I wanted to say that I read the weird world trade. Yes. The one that I is re- This is volume one, but it's really volume two. Really, yeah. It's strange, but, um, weird. It, I think, I think, weird. um, Sam Humphreys did a great job picking up the reins from Jason Aaron, I read. which is a tough act to follow, but let's be real. The, the, the reason to open the cover is Mike Del Mundo. Oh, the man, dude. Yeah. Can I say this without being a laughing stock? I don't know. I think Del Mundo is his generation's Dave McKean. Oof. Or he will be if he continues on this track.
0: I can't co-sign with that because I love Del Mundo and I can't, I can't be co-signing with the McKean. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Really? Yeah, not a fan. You're, you're, you're kidding me. Nope. Arkham Asylum. Well, I mean, it's everyone has I their moments. that. Wow. But I see the same approach to the visuals in McKean that not, obviously, they're not the same style, but there copy are.
0: copy-paste sc- montage, but.
1: Mm. Oh, I'm not. Uh, McKean I'm fell not, in I love with that
0: copy-paste bullshit.
1: He fell in love with Photoshop, but it's not – in McKean's hand, it's not copy-paste.
0: You say tomato, I say tomato.
1: Okay. Uh, He uses layers very well. But anyway, the the same visual – the same approach to um, visualizing the words McKean and Del Mundo, they're they're simpatico. It's – all right, I, I, you just bamboozled me. <laughs> you got me just all.
0: Keep going with the with the Del Mundo praise, though. I'm with you there.
1: No, it's fantastic, and the uh, one of the big differences uh, between McKean and Del Mundo, Del Mundo's not afraid to use high chroma colors, and he's not afraid to juxtapose a lime green with a a magenta pink. And you know, at the hands of a lesser artist, it would look like a kaleidoscope. But this does not. There, there are some pages that will literally mm-hmm. spl- splash pages, literally take your breath away. I mean, you'll you'll need the, the the puffer because Del Mundo's. I'm assuming he's young because we've only seen him within the last like what, ten years, right? Give or Del take Mundo? eight to ten. Yeah, I have no 10, idea. Eight, yeah, I
0: mean, you're right, eight, but I, I don't know how old he is.
1: So unless he's like, you know, got the, the started late in life, like, like Kirby, like they so said, you don't underestimate yourself. Kirby started his when he was 40, blah, 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 whatever. I'm thinking this kid's like, I'm hoping he's a kid, like late twenties, early thirties. And he is just fantastic. If we get another like 30 years out of him, what is he going to be creating if he does this now? This is, I mean, it's impeccable. Is it not? And the story's kind of fluffy, I think. The little girl wants to get home, and it, you know it's fun. Yeah, it's,
0: right. I mean that.
3: Yeah, you know,
1: but it's it all serves the visuals. The, I think the story subordinate. You've re, it you're really, not to slight mm-hmm. Humphreys, but there really doesn't need to be a story when the art's this beautiful. I,
0: was say, I think this is the case where the story's fine, but the art's so good that it just it's, yeah. it's imbalanced.
1: Right. <laughs> so yeah, Weird World Volume One, A.K.A. Two, subtitled. Where
2: lost things go.
1: It was fantastic.
2: It's true. Oh, man. In your travels. um, Yeah, we kind of talked about everything that I had on my list. I'm going, well, since McKean and specifically Arkham Asylum was mentioned, I still haven't read that book. Oh my god. Wait, wait, did we know this? No, I don't think I did. Oh really? You
0: haven't read Arkham Asylum?
2: Yeah. But I have, I have an old trade right next to me, so I have started it. And the reason I started it is because I went back and, for the hell of it, started rereading Batman Shadow of the Bat. And the first five issues of that. With the stealth freeze? With the stealth freeze covers. Yeah, yeah. The Rifle of the Art. On the first yeah. five yeah. issues. Yeah. Um, and it has to deal with Arkham and him going crazy. And uh, and I'm like, let me see, you know, what? let me read this the, the story that kind of really cemented Arkham and the Batman mythos. So um, I'm going to try to finish that trade um,
1: i remember the first issue of that being bonkers there was some kind of fold out poly bagged something i i don't remember exactly but there was a lot of components
2: to shadow of the bat number 1 yes um the but that that, that was a that was a freaking crazy issue with the uh with man no it's just the, the arkhams are, are fucking nuts but uh I, i'm <laughs> i'm up to the suitably yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm up to um the second arc in the series where uh there are a bunch of lovable misfits who are uh consisting of um actually no there, there was a there was one issue By written by Alan Grant, art by Dan Jurgens and Dick Giordano, where uh, there was a a nuke Captain America esque character who was um who who Batman had to deal with. But after that, there is a a team comprised of Catman and Killer Moth and Calendar Man and Chancer, and that's drawn by Tim Sale, and that's an an era after um they're trying to kidnap they're going to kidnap Bruce Wayne Commissioner Gordon. And, uh, and the mayor. So, but still not writing your travels. I'm just throwing things out there. I would say, um, well, yeah, go, go, go back issue diving. Cause especially for me tonight with, with as much as I've been mangling my words and things that I've been trying to say, I was thinking about, um, Marvel team up number 133. That's a very specific issue because there were clues throughout that entire issue. The, the, the main story was supposed to be uh, Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four going up against Dr. Faustus, but the whole um, things were not what they seemed to be in this issue, and if you were able to pick everything that was wrong in the comic, uh you, you'd get a no prize. And um, is that a burn cover? It is a burn cover. No, 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 it's, uh, I think it's a burn and Milgram cover, actually. Because yeah, the Susie looks a it's, lot like yeah, burn it's, would it's, do her, but a, the rest of it, not so much. It's a burn and Milgram. Burn, burn and oh. Milgram. Um, it's a Bill Worm cover. It's a Bilgram. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's a freaky figure and it's penciled by, uh, Brother Sal. Actually, I'm sorry. It's a penciled by Milgram, inked by burn cover. Reverse cool. it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a freaky issue and nothing is, is quite basically, um, and that's kind of the way I've been feeling tonight just because I started drinking a little early and everything I've been trying to say <laughs> didn't really come out the way I intended. So, uh, things have been screwy from jump for me. So, uh, works for me. I'm glad. I am glad. Uh, but read the Omega Men because it's a New York Times bestseller and, and I, uh, that's something else I need to finish. I have a couple issues away from actually finishing that series
1: i just got the trade i was going to read that for next week are we going to double trouble on that or I'll, I'll, I'll alternate
2: watch? between that and saga as we catch up yeah okay yeah man. we'll do that all right sweet cool so we'll do some omega man and, and triple I'll, threat uh, i'll keep doing some saga so there we go read your travels read on Omega man so you can and this might actually be something that we'll, where we say we're going to read it we'll actually talk about it on the show Oh, he never ever lets no, anything not, go. No, no hey, I'm not just, I am not just talking about more Superman. There have been many things yeah, over say the it, past it, bunch it, of years it, it's, where it's we're true. like, yeah, we're going to talk about this. Yeah, we'll team up on this. And, and it's, like, do we,
1: no, I think it more often than not, we say at the end of episode, Hey, let's read that. Okay. And then we never ever get it. But to then also sure.
2: we will, we will talk about things like on the slack and stuff. And if it's not ready for right. prime time or worth you I know, was talking about on the show then then we we, we recognize. Yeah. It, but my reading list
1: changes. like I'll have a group of books that I've read that I want to talk about up until maybe Tuesday.
0: It's dynamic and
1: then and then we'll say something on the slack, oh damn, I'm gonna read that. And then I forget it's about everything good. I've read. Yeah. And it's, so as I've gotten into the habit now
2: of taking notes as I read them, yeah. I don't wait. I, I used to do that. I used to be great with the notes and now not so much. I need to get back in the habit. Yeah. Especially right. with it being September and mean, 11 of class will be here before you know it.
1: Yes, sir. Right. Cause I, this week I had All Valiant. I was just going to talk I All Valiant. said that
2: too. I yeah. actually
0: read a Valiant oh. trade this week. What'd you read? What do you think?
2: Ivar? Ninja X. The, the Valiant. No, a Bloodshot. Nope.
1: What could you... Uh Arjun Armstrong. Yeah. yeah. Wh- which one?
0: A. The Adventures a. of Arjun Armstrong. A.
1: Oh. oh. Good shit. Well, we didn't hear what he had to say yet. Maybe that's in your travels.
0: No, it's not in your travels. <laughs> um, oh, that does not bode well.
2: Yeah, it's a setup.
0: I had the same thing to say about it I had to say after reading the first issue. Oh, shit. Not your couple. No, Loved... Love the story. Yeah. But Not we're... feeling the LaFuente art. Yeah. You're crazy.
2: No, listen, I know we it's... disagree to disagree there. I just... Is that just the first arc, so there's no Mike Norton in it?
1: No, it was, Mike did the last one it too. Did five, Mike did six. two in a row. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, this was just one through four. Okay. So. Oh, it's phenomenal. But either way, uh, in your travels, I'm going to shout out a book I've really been enjoying quite a bit and i have mentioned it before. Um, but the fifth issue I just uh, read, it's uh, Black Road uh, by Brian Wood, art by Gary Brown, colors by Dave McKay. And uh, I, as I said, I've talked about this before, it's a story about uh, Magnus the Black, who is was uh, a mercenary Viking, and he's been hired, uh, well, he was hired to transport someone across the Black Road, which is a very dangerous path of land, in order to um, get to a... Catholic priest who's in control of a town up north. He ends up, uh, teaming up with a young woman who also has a vendetta against said priest. And, uh, they go through some treachery as they cross the black road. In the fourth issue, we were left with a situation where they were crossing a giant, um, giant, giant frozen lake. And they were right in the middle of the lake and they turn and they see, um, a big group of people pursuing them led by uh, one of the blacksmiths. And it's, you're led to believe that the blacksmiths are sort of like the, um, Oh, dap. What, what's the name of those? Um, the, the Pinkertons, the Blacksmiths it's oh, okay. like the Pinkertons of this era. Like they're like the really well-trained private police force or enforcers. Like you don't want them on your ass. And so they find a, a fishing village and it's, it's, it's ridic- This is just to be clear. I mean, it's the, close to being the Arctic, so the conditions are not conducive to being able to survive out in the cold by yourself for long. So, they find a the fishing trying to hold up, but they know that these people are on their tail. That's how we're left in the fourth issue. In the fifth issue, we start with Magnus being near dead with a ton of arrows in his back. And there's just a massive WTF head fake twist to the story that I did not see coming. Uh, and the fifth issue deals with that twist and what it means for the, for the next arc. Um, and let's just say a lot of alliances shift very quickly. Uh, prior alliances are shattered. It's a very, very cool twist um, really deepens the intrigue of the book. Gary, Gary's crushing it on the art. Um, very much a, a Conan like setting, you know, um, Magnus, super cool character. Get a little more look into his backstory and how conflicted a person he is. I wouldn't say he's a good person, nor do I think they portray him as that. He's, he's very much an anti-hero. Um, but I, I'm always good for an anti-hero story. So, uh, definitely dig what, what my, uh, my, uh, grumpy cousin is putting down in this book and, uh, would recommend y'all peep at image, uh, image comics book, uh, The Black Road.
1: Cool. I'm hoping they do the specially priced intro trade to this.
0: Uh, it probably will. Seems like a, so a, a, a a thing they normally do, right?
1: Yep, for some series, mm-hmm. more yeah, you know, most of them. But then you'll have the oddball that they don't do that. Folk-shan. Yeah. What a time! It's a great time to be alive. It is it's a great time to be and a comics
0: fan. Be a eleven o'clock comics listener.
1: Yes, and if you enjoyed any part of this uh shenanigans, please leave us an iTunes review. Or a review at a similar podcast dispersal unit. I didn't say the A word. There you go. And uh, because we look forward to having you here. And we want you back next week. Join us on the Facebook. We have our own little group there. But you may have to wait a little while before, you know. Not if you you introduce yourself. (laughs) And say happy birthday to David as soon as you're done listening to this. Cause it's his birthday. Happy
3: <sighs> birthday, Boo! Thanks,
1: bro. So, happy birthday, David. Thank who is my Boo, even though Jason retconned that, but whatever. Oh my god. And <laughs> say goodnight. Birthday boy. I, you ruined it on me, I was gonna say birthday. No, we... Yeah, say goodnight.
2: Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. Which, which are we doing, we're doing it from, no, we're doing it from I this one now. You, well, no, we're doing it for to, this one now. So, all right, right. So, yeah. Well, now you gotta say it again. You gotta say good night because it's all screwed up.
1: Doing it, I'm doing it. So take a breath. <laughs> say good night. Birthday.
2: Good night. <laughs> Birthday. We'll give you that one. You're adorable.
1: Couple might get protected.
2: Yeah, yeah, a little That's off. So sweet. so sweet, you
1: give so much. Jo- <laughs> Join us next week, 9.3% accurate. Because <laughs> we love. Say bye. Doodle. Say bye.
3: When the spirit slips away, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say. May the angel be watching over you. When your spirit slips away. When the darkness starts to fall. You're on your own and your back's against the wall. May the angels bring their flame to you when the darkness it starts to.